It's 20 years later, and Vince Raven is going home. He's hoping for a new beginning, but somehow he can't escape the horror of his past. I didn't just murder all of those children. I also devoured their souls. I just got a phone call from a guy spying on me. Is he human? People say it's only a legend, but no matter how real the story, a legend can't kill. There is a devil. Is he master of the dogs? No mortal can control his kingdom. All of the victims were raped before they were tortured, mutilated, and killed by the masked maniac. Yes, yes, y'all, it's going down right now. Episode 217 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast is coming at you live and direct. And I got my two main homies back in the house with me tonight. Double Shot J, a.k.a. Jeremy Patrick. And we also got the old grumpy Canadian hater back in the house, Mr. Parker, also known as Dave. And, of course, I'd be the voice, the M-double-O-D to the Z, screaming out help for BC going on guys giving out help for the buffalo bills oh i always forget that you guys have no idea what's going on in the news i always forget that you guys probably have no idea what's going on over here do you i just know that somebody got ran over by something wait was that wait that that video of the fucking guy going through the crowd running people i didn't even see the video guys were just talking about it at work Dude, I, it's hor- don't even watch it, dude. I'm not, I, don't wanna, I, don't I actually it. have no idea what you guys are talking about. I'm just talking about the fact that we're back in a state of emergency again. You guys didn't hear what's uh, going on? Oh, It so, wasn't because of the Buffalo Bills? Oh, no, no. I mean, that's definitely a state of emergency, too, because let's just talk. Let's just try to avoid that oh, conversation. Oh, you guys you got the COVID emergency? Oh, my God, dude. The Buffalo Bills, most inconsistent mind-fucking team ever. But anyways, no. Are we talking about two different things? Yes. So... Yeah, man, it's been a really fucked up last 10 days here in BC. So I'll give you a little bit of, um, you know, a little bit of context here. So we're in a state of emergency again. It has, it's not COVID related, but at all. But anyways, um, so I'll take this back about like five or six months. So basically in the summertime, I think it was late June when we first got into a state of emergency. What happened was we had this crazy fucking heat wave come across here. And, you know, Southern BC is usually always in the hundreds. It is what it is. But we were hitting temperatures of like 120, 125 here and shit. And then we had like this crazy death toll, like six, 700 people died and stuff like that. And of course, um, right after or right during that kind of heat wave and stuff, the fire started, which is not uncommon for BC, because as you guys know, and probably heard Mm -hmm. me talk about this before, BC always burns and we're always in a state of emergency every year. Of course, nothing was different this year. Heat wave creates fires and we lost a couple yeah. towns and it got nuts here again like it was a state of emergency at the point where no one could even leave the city and it was really scary it was really bad um so we had all that going Just on and stay in the city and burn right right so but you literally couldn't go anywhere because you couldn't drive because there was fires everywhere but anyways so that was that went on for a good three months and it was pretty scary and shit like that and then and then so the fall hits and then we get the most outrageous, crazy weather down south. And we have all these crazy, weird storms that started taking out everything. Like we're talking these weird, like vacuum vortex story, uh, storms that um, the, the meteorologists were like confused by. It, we've never really had anything like that. So it started fucking up everything. And then we got these 
oh man and then all of a sudden a tornado hit down south and destroyed a bunch of shit too and now if you guys know where i live i live in the mountains like it's very mountain range and stuff tornadoes usually don't happen like that around here so that was confusing and that started taking out everything and shit like that and um so the rain continued and continued all these bizarre storms and shit and then down south we got this crazy flooding and it basically just took out two complete cities uh it's caused over like billions of dollars in damage and shit like that and it cut off everybody from the interior or from down south to the interior of all resources all the highways everything were shut down right as we speak right now our grocery stores are completely empty we've been without food here for like 10 days like you go to the grocery store it's empty it's oh up. i saw videos of that yeah i did say, yeah I actually oh did, wow i didn't know any of that yeah so dude yeah, it's, i it's, saw it's, videos of walmart's being like fucking all the meat's yeah. gone <laughs> everything is gone like we have we have no mail sources we have no fucking food sources like the highways are literally cut off and shit actually here's a good reference so i was talking about antlers a couple weeks ago and stuff and where it was filmed in hope so hope is kind of you know it's down south and stuff and basically there's one way in and one way out and to give you a kind of an example of what i'm talking about here they couldn't leave right um the city hadn't flooded or the little town hadn't flooded but they couldn't go anywhere they had to helicopter in food for the people and shit because that's you know everything so not flooded much and hope and hope huh? not much hope and hope um so needless to say us up here and i've you know i'm not saying that we're worse off than because down south i mean thousands and thousands of homes are completely wrecked cities are completely gone um but the crazy thing is man it was where it flooded was you know um, where the biggest dairy farms are and stuff. And they lost thousands and thousands of uh, cows and, and, you know, stuff like that. And that's like the biggest provider of dairy for BC and stuff. So that shit is completely gone. Like watching this on the news was pretty fucked up. Hearing the cows yeah. screaming in their barns as they were fucking being oh, flooded dude. and drowning. And it was crazy, dude. So yeah, bridges and, and, and highways completely taken out. Um, it, it has been really fucked up. Like, I've never once in my life ever thought of not being able to go and buy food. <clears throat> you know, there's there's always that point of, like, can I afford it, you know, at times, you know, and shit like that. But when yeah. you actually don't have a choice of not or to get food, it's crazy. Like, it got so bad that, like, the fast food restaurants are closed down, the restaurants are closed down because they can't get any fucking products to sell, right? I'm like, this is nuts, mm-hmm. dude. This is absolutely what fucking mind-blowing. And, you know, okay, you want to hear something crazy? So, me and the wife, are, we're bad shoppers. We buy food for the week right we're really bad we do costco runs and we'll buy a bunch of meat and bulk and stuff and then you know vacuum pack it and put in the freezer and stuff but we were at the end of that when this all this shit happened and we're like oh Mm. shit so i i have a very strict diet which is actually kind of funny i'll tell this story too so of course all the dairy everything is all sold out and shit the only thing that was there was the egg whites which is pretty much all i eat right and then i'm i i'm a big egg white guy too yeah so that was all there drink it raw (laughs) <laughs> nice it's terrible so, so that was all there stomach, i had to stop and of course the only yogurt that was there it takes like 30 is, seconds to cook yeah uh the only, shake. the only yogurt that's there is the fucking you know the greek zero fat zero sugar added stuff well that's because, good for you and that's what i eat though and i was like holy shit this whole they they buy yeah, put a little vanilla drops on there and my uh and my almond milk and shit like that and stuff it, it was just kind of funny that the, that was the only products in the in the whole place that people and i'm like man i must have people the worst rather die than eat health exactly rather die than eat health exactly so we were kind of <laughs> laughing about that but that's what drives me crazy i, I actually like greek yogurt like the plain. oh it's good yeah, yeah yeah well i use well, it as what happens here though is yeah. when shit mm-hmm. happens like that like snowstorms everyone goes and buys like 12 gallons of milk and like i'm like you motherfuckers never drink milk it's not like you're gonna start drinking milk when there's snow drink your mountain dew, bro just drink right. your fucking mountain dew like you have been stop yeah. buying the milk 
Right. <laughs> you don't drink. <laughs> yeah, man. It's like, you know, yeah, when, COVID, nuts, when COVID hit, everyone bought the toilet paper up and shit. And it was like a big crisis of toilet paper. Oh, well, here, so you know, <laughs> the flooding awful. started and shit. And everyone it's just, just idiots. They just bought it everything. It's like everybody thinks that they, they like, like they're basically causing the shortage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and they were filling up gas like in garbage bags. It's like, have you lost your fucking mind? What are you doing? Yeah. Oh like God. I was, I was at the, like, I, I, I maybe we there. don't deserve to live to grab a few things Sometimes you, you see people way, walking yeah. around with like yeah. full carts of just shit that they don't need i'm like okay this is fucking yeah, useless like and stuff gallons of milk. yeah man so yeah. so anyways oh, me, my vitamin D. so me and the wife have like the worst timing so last week i went and ordered like a bunch of christmas presents and stuff so did the wife everything that we ordered made it to like the vancouver warehouse and shit and everything got returned back to amazon <laughs> i'm like what the fuck so they're not even wow they're not even trying to deliver shit and stuff i'm like oh my god it's fucking That's such a hassle so, annoying. so all my stuff from out of country and we have a bunch of stuff coming from different places and stuff and it'll be interesting to see if we actually end up getting anything um it, it's it's a mess like we know we're kind of expecting the shit isn't going to write itself for a while because obviously there's so much damage and you know, I'm, I mean, there's people way worse off, but I'm just saying, you know, in that aspect of people being cut off for mail and stuff like that and all that type of shit. Cause most people do their shopping online now because it's not only more convenient, it's just because that's the place to get things. We live, I live in a smaller city, it's hundred thousand people and we just don't have the things to go and buy things. So, so it's going to be an interesting Christmas this year, but uh, it's been a very Hope your kid likes egg whites. It's been an yeah, it's been an interesting week because like even as a business owner like myself, like we're running out of products and stuff which we can't get right now, right? And it's like fuck, you know, it's just you just like man. spitting in people's hair, like I tell you, man, it's trying to style one, it. <laughs> it's one thing after another, and be, like we, uh, yeah, we live in an area, yeah, we we have we have the weather and stuff, but man, I tell you, one thing after another, we've been in state emergency, I think four times in the last six months. It's absolutely insane and then of course this is all on top of having to deal with the covid thing and restrictions and that daily life without all that bullshit right it's just like man are you kidding me like when is this shit gonna do you dave do you have any restrictions anymore restrictions fucking restrictions (laughs) well i'm more talking about the other day at work they're like if you had your if you had your vaccine you don't have to wear your mask anymore i was like good Oh no, yeah. we got we got strict, man. Like, even labor like even to go watch my kid play hockey, I, you got to be double. You got to be vaccinated. Like you got to be. Like it's crazy. It's fucking nuts here. Like, yeah. Oh, well. Like even to do like, anything. Like seventy percent of everybody at my work is vaccinated. Yeah, man. When when I walk into the arena, they'll have somebody there, and I got to show them my. I take a you know a picture on my phone or whatever. My vaccine. They, they're actually checking it and shit, man. It's pretty crazy. Like. No, 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 none of the places here do that right now, but the, some places are starting to. Yeah. So we I don't have know to take our temperature be. before we get to work. Right when we get to work, we take our temperature. Oh. That's actually that's actually good. I would yeah. be happy with that. The only place I've that's, actually that, 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 the number one sign for me was the fever. So I mean, yeah. The only place that I've ever had a temperature taken was the last two times I went to the dentist. That's what they do there. They just take your temperature and shit. Yeah, they do it there too. Yeah, so that was the yeah. only time I've had mine. Actually, done, but yeah. my mom just got COVID and she was double vaxxed. Yeah, no, Did it's she it, get real sick or was she fine? Uh, she was really sick. Really? Wow. I haven't heard of really, anybody really getting sick. really sick if they're double back. I've heard of lots my of people mom's getting really got my mom has bad health. So oh, okay. yeah, that's that probably, probably life, a lot why. Yeah, probably did say Maybe. Life, yeah. But this is the second time she had it, I think. Ooh. Holy fuck. Crazy. 
Um, yeah, she, but, I did, well, see, I don't know. I don't know if she actually had it when she before she was vaxxed. She thought she did, but I don't think she ever got how, tested. That, that was that funny meme where it said, absolutely no one. It says everybody in Ohio. Oh, I think I had COVID back in February of two years oh, ago. Oh, yeah, everybody, and, uh, everybody says that. I already had it. I already had it. That's every person from fucking Ohio. Yeah, it it I my sister got it, my niece got it, my mom got it, and then and two people at work got it. Like, um, Fedor Milianko got it. Month. Did he Everybody get it? got it. He got it at one point. Yeah, I think everybody's got vaccinated or already got. Let's be honest. Actually, going <laughs> going, going back to the the joke about the kids and the wife eating egg whites. Actually, Chuck goes out to one of my employees. She actually has uh, chickens on her farm and stuff like that, and she actually gave us a ham and uh, like three dozen eggs and stuff so <laughs> so yeah, well, yeah so we actually have real you know eggs someone that yeah. has chickens dude they have like so many eggs well that's that's <laughs> like, the thing like she's just she gives us give them to people she gives us eggs like almost every couple weeks and stuff right so it came in handy because the wife was doing some christmas baking and shit and which was you don't like, like, like yeah. well exactly and luckily we had all the stuff because like like i said all the baking everything is sold out right it's it is what it is but but yeah, no, we actually do have real eggs in the fridge, and they're Can't they're farm fresh. They're farm Can't fresh, even, so won't even get to you. Yeah, so yeah, there's a yeah, it's there's a lot of good. Yeah, no, I'm just, it's been it has been a fucking roller coaster around here, man. It's just absolutely insane. Like, like I'm sitting here laughing about it, and like people are messaging me for back. He's like, dudes, like it's not really that funny. I'm like, all I can do is laugh, like because it's just so crazy to me, like. Like we, it, I it's felt like we. To think about. It is insane because like the, people can't go anywhere down there right now. Like they're literally trapped. You know, like you know, it, it's just it's fucked up, man. It, it's really savage to they see still the pictures. Have to go to work? Well, there's nowhere to work in those places because everything's fucking done. Like you should see the pictures. It's crazy, man. Like I've seen flooding down south in the states and shit like that. Like this is very reminiscent of that, and it's crazy. It's it's disa- It's full full blown disaster. So. But um, anyways, enough of that. Let's get on a, on a lighter note, a little more happier note. Week four of Italian Horror Month. Claudio Fagrasso. Yeah. The master. The master. So the best we for kicked last. Jeremy's Think shit the director for, for our own shit director. Okay. So this, this <laughs> just dawned on me. This How apps- fucking dare you? Right. Right. <laughs> oh. <laughs> fucking, fucking Jeremy, man. So this just dawned on me as we were just starting up the show. I think this is the first year, and this is what, Italian Month 7? Yeah, this is Volume 7 that Mm. we're doing. This is the first year that we've never actually reviewed a Giallo. We didn't fucking review one Giallo this whole month. (laughs) Really? How random is that? Never even noticed until earlier today i was looking that at the movies and i was like weird. what the fuck like it's just the way shit was picked and, and a lot of the picks were actually a little bit later movies and stuff right i mean like this month yeah yeah we, th- we normally get a lot more 70s yeah like <laughs> and these- actually early we had a lot of early ones yeah and- it was earlier like the bava films were it was none of the giallos and for grasso are a little bit later in the 80s and they're all not giallos and all gothic or all just batshit crazy is what we got. Yeah, man, yeah, it's different. Everything but Giallo's Italian month. That's interesting. Yeah, we did Nazi exploitation to like you know gothic films to straight up ripoffs and yeah, it was it was kind of a mixed bag, but not a bad thing, I guess. But for all those Gialli fans out there who are going to question it and be like, how can you do an Italian month without doing a Giallo? <laughs> well, unfortunately, we never really thought of it like it's just the way it happens. Very random, yeah. but. 
Yeah, it is. Well, what Dario it is, is done. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, he did a lot of them. <laughs> right, right. I mean, uh, there could always be, and there should be a Sergio Martino part two, which we'll have to do definitely more in there. What'd you guys did. do for Martino part one? Oh my god, all the colors, the dark. You're, I think you're. Um, uh, no, we never did that ever. It <laughs> wasn't a film we did. <laughs> we, never, we never did that film, dude. Maybe. Oh, I your vice is a locked room, and only I have the key. Yeah, your vice, um, the cannibal uh, one, mountain, mountain the cannibal, the cannibal god. god, and uh, what's the other one? Island of the Fishmen. No, nah, we did all big alligator ones. river. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, that's interesting. No Giallo. Um, yeah, Sergio Martino Part 2 will probably happen. Falchi Part 3 <clears throat> probably happen. Bava Part 3 will probably happen. Um, I'm yeah. not sure how many new like directors we have left, right? Like You guys did Joe Diamato, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, what, about what was Diamato? the other Martino film that we did? Because I must I must have reviewed all the colors on the on the podcast. But I'm pretty sure that that was the other film, um, JP, that we did on that show. I'm positive it was because... Case of the Scorpion's Tale? No. Nope. No, strange, I'm pretty sure it was... Uh, strange pre- Vice? Uh, we did Strange Vice, yeah. Strange Vice, Your Vice, and... Uh, strange Vice of Miss Rock. Cannibal God. Yeah. I'm looking it up right now. It's episode yeah, okay. 95. Maybe, maybe I reviewed uh, that one on your oh, podcast. fucking Torso, dude. Oh, it was <laughs> torso. torso? Okay. Uh, so I must, have, I must have talked about that movie on the podcast at one time, or maybe... I definitely did one time because I think it got brought up or some shit. I don't know. We do too many movies. I can't remember. But there's definitely room to do a Martino part two and three probably because he's got so many good movies, man. But yeah. Um, um, yeah. I mean, there. The, uh, how many new? I mean, we were looking at the list of directors. I, I'm not sure how many new guys will will be able you to. You guys done Ricardo Freda? Yeah, we yeah. did Freda. You guys did almost everybody, right? What's the? Yeah, okay. I mean, at this point, if you uh, like it, dude. What's the dude that? Oh my god, I'm forgetting his name right now. He's a Kano? modern. He's, no, he's a modern director. He's the guy that just. I, I can't think of the other movies right now for some odd reason. Um, oh, I know who you're talking. Profaso. Uh, yeah. Sono? Yeah. What, what's the dude's name? Um, what was the doll one? Francesca. Yeah, Francesca, and then the the short and the, then he the did Profaso. What the waters left beneath? That's the one I haven't seen. And then he but did the new one Abracab- too. Abracab- Wait, Abra. so we could do a new, a modern Italian guy? Yeah, yeah, it's and actually, and honestly, well, Onetti isn't his name Onetti? Yeah, Onetti, that's what it is, man. Luciano Onetti, yeah, is that it? Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah they, did, they did four. Yeah, Francesca was that made my top ten the one year, and and the the shorter one that he did the the Razzo one or whatever, um, that one was really cool too. What was the one that uh, Cauldron Films put out? Abracadabra. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, isn't that, it weird that we did a Diodato too? Forgot about that. Yeah, that was good to me. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I I was. I was pretty happy with that because there was some stuff in there that. Like I said, life is short. I'm not going to cover the the movies I don't know. I'm just or the oh, I'm going to pick a good director. That I'm always going to pick one of my favorite directors to do. Yeah, I have no clue who the hell I'll pick next year. I'm not coming in with fucking uh, Alfredo. <laughs> what was that fucking El- Alfredo? Fucking El- Alfredo, Alfredo Spaghettios. Jeremy's always like. 
He, he like thinks it's like a great idea to come in with the most obscure person, like hoping that he's going to hit a hit. Yeah, jet. and then like, he'll be like, well, you obscure. know me, I always pick a, a weird random guy, and I'm like, okay, but like, what, well, like, you, like he's got himself that's, convinced. Like, sort of, like, fantastic he has idea. himself convinced that like that's what people want to hear, and I'm like, they're not even tuning into the Bava show. They don't want to hear about I mean, fucking fair, Alfredo Spaghetti. He has picked some fun ones in the past, but he's running out of guys that are worth a damn. <laughs> yeah. I'm quitting. Alberto Del Martino part two. I'm out. <laughs> what else I'm not watching done? fucking Miami Golem again. <laughs> it ain't even that bad. Well, there's, that if, we're, if we're fucking scraping that, we're going to Spanish whore month, okay? Blood, well, there's that blood link. That one's okay. Yeah, but I mean, but if we start hitting uh, that, blood we're going to just go to Spanish. Good. We're just going to go to Spanish whore and just fucking do Shut Paul up, and shit. <laughs> You made us do fucking um, Argento for like nine fucking shows. Christ. Come on. That was dude. And I'm talking Argento's the later and I'm talking the later episodes. Come on, man. Giallo and fuck. Come on, dude. That's not good. Yeah, but Giallo, but, but there was at least even that one. What? There was like two films that you liked. Giallo's terrible. Giallo is fucking I like terrible. Giallo. Yeah. We always seem to bring that up because it is pretty fucking bad. I think card player is bad. Card player might be the worst though. The card player but actually I legitimately is a Dracula three D. I enjoyed fucking what's the um Phantom of the Opera. That Card so Player weird. and you know, Giallo are my least favorite of this movie. You know what, man? If I actually use the term guilty pleasures, I hate that term. I hate that fucking term. But if I had to Dracula 3D would definitely be on that guilty pleasure quoting. So would list. Phantom of the Opera. Because I know legitimately it's not a great movie, but it is entertaining, man. Like people are just not seeing the entertainment value in it. They're just seeing the shitty effects and, and the fact that Argento did a Dracula okay. movie out of things like those he could have done. Effects are entertainment value. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's the fact I mean, that like, people are like, why is he doing a Dracula movie? Name that- yeah. Right, it makes it's no a high sense. quality name. If I think there was anybody just, else on there, they'd be cracking up. I think people just expect more from Argento I'd rather to do a revamped, <laughs> pun intended, version of like uh, Dracula. You know, like a different version. I don't know. Yeah, I think people it's just like, want something. I feel else. like it's too late in his career to be tackling fucking uh, well, adaptations. It's the and fact stuff. that the guy was so damn original. Like you look at his early films and stuff, and it just it, when you start doing shit like that later in a career, it, just, it, it comes off super lazy. Especially when you see those types see, of effects and stuff, you're like, oh my I god. I, I, don't I think the, the problem, problem with that is, is just, that Romero did the same thing, right? Like he wanted to make a western. Nobody ever gave him the money for it so he did one on the cheap and it's yeah. like it's a passion project but it's like they didn't really have what they needed to make it right right yeah i mean that's what plagued romero's whole career but it's unfortunate it's unfortunate we missed out on a lot of but, projects um, that would have been pretty cool i still stand by doing all the argentos because i feel like it it was really cool the fact that we did a director with that big of a filmography and we did every one of his films you know what i mean mm-hmm I think there's something cool about that. Couldn't stop after you just started. Yeah. <laughs> after it hit part three, it was like, well, let's just see this thing till the end. Yeah. Well, I, to, we could still do fair, another Diodato. I wanted to do it is because I just wanted to watch all of his films. Like I had never seen. No, no, it was like, definitely selfish. It was definitely selfish. It you definitely gotta was do selfish. Fulci next. Yeah, Fulci. But, but I, we I could still do another Diodato. I mean, I, I like I like a lot of Fulci films. Uh, m- I, most of the ones I've seen. Yeah. Um, just keep doing Baba until he's done. <laughs> Maybe yeah, we'll just mix I mean, it up, man. It'll just that I wouldn't it, mind doing too. Italian month will just turn into like a, or Italian horror month will just turn into Italian month, and then we can start 
digging into fucking Pluchesky film, police Chesky films and like, and police, police, te- I know I can, I always, pre- I know what I'm talking I, I'm about not even because Lenzi, I'm just saying it a little bit more because like, Lenzi has so many great crime films out there, man. It's just fucking, I've been watching, I'd like re-watching. to do more spaghetti western and me too. Let's and Sergio Leone. Yeah, man. Leone and fucking there's, oh man, there's so many good ones. And like Thomas Milley, like I would love to do a Thomas Milleon show. Cause like, I've been watching a lot of Million film, like, well, mostly rewatching his movies. I just forgot how fucking amazing that guy is in movies, man. Like, I always thought for the longest time Thomas Million was actually Italian because he solely, his whole career was in, in Italy, but he's actually a Cuban American actor that had his whole career in Italy. It's really fucking bizarre. But it, it kind of makes more sense he's now. Great, it he's makes, a great actor. yeah, it makes more sense. Like almost everything that he was in, he was speaking English in those movies. So like when you watch the dubs and blah blah blah, it is what it is. But um, but he's great in a lot of movies. You ever seen Face to Face before? That's a legitimately no, amazing West. Oh, it's a be great. Right? It's a fucking awesome movie, man. It re- I, I, is that I, a Corbucci or the other Sergio? Uh, that who directed fucking Face? Not Leone. It's not Corbucci, but there's a third one. I think yes. it's a Corbucci. Yes, though, Sergio Corbucci. Uh, no, it's not Corbucci. I don't believe. No, Corbucci, man. It, actually, if you ever want to find a really good spaghetti western, you just look up Corbucci, and then you know every every anything yeah. that he's attached he did, to. Uh, what's the Great Silence? Is great. Oh man, one of the best ones. One of the best what, ones. What's the other Sergio? The Sergio Somana or so- Somana. He yeah. did um, Violent City with Charles Bronson. Yeah, yeah, Salama or Salami. Face, right? so, yeah, yeah. He did the Salama. Big Gun Down. He did like four crazy movies in a row, man. Big he, Gun Down's great too. The Big, big Gun, Gun Down with too. with the man Lee Van Cleef, and then he did he course I think his last kind of major film that he directed, you know, on that level was Revolver. Uh, face-to-face oh, I love Revolver with Oliver Reed yeah that's man. such a good performance by Oliver Reed but check out this run of films though man Run Man Run uh, The Big Gun Down Revolver Face-to-Face and Violent City were all done in a row not in that order but Run dude, Man Violent Run. City's gold too oh dude it's great man that's a great one and Thomas Millian of course and uh, Run Man Run which is pretty interesting it's I've it's, not seen Run Man yeah, it's, I just rewatched it the other night. It's pretty fun. And here's a fucking Blu-ray. I don't know where the fucking Blu-ray is for that, but... Hey, let's just do a spaghetti western for next Italian bond. Oh, shut up. Oh, dude, I'm I love serious. them so you guys much. are allowed to do spaghetti westerns, I'm allowed to put... Um, well, we actually kind of did do a spaghetti western this, this Italian whore month with Django. I know, you snuck it in there, you prick. Come on, man. <laughs> it definitely has horror undertones to it man it's it was made like that yeah i agree you know it, Just was, like it was made to be like a horror game. western shut yeah. up it does that there's fucking no... cut off faces and jars dude that movie has no you're telling me that's undertones. not horror no and i'm not horror. even trying to be the horror police here do what you want i'm just not including it on my list no, that's not for me. well you're gonna be fucking disappointed not whenever i don't start like talking about it i, like I don't care i like the movie <laughs> listen um but the the whole Italian hormone thing, the thing that I like about it is one, I mean, I'm I feel like I'm fucking thirty times more knowledgeable in Italian horror, which is probably not an exaggeration. And then um also the fact that we get a lot of people that say like I never really watched Italian horror films until you guys started doing these shows and and now I'm a Name fan or of, you know. I want thirteen names. Shut up. <laughs> you don't names? I gotta go look at the comments, man. <laughs> I'll wait. Um, but and also, I gotta say, last week, man, guys get a, did a good show. But I hate fucking listening to the show when I'm not on it. Just did you watch me the nuts. Movie? 
I did watch the movies. I thought the show went really good too, man. Um, originally, I wasn't going to do five questions with Tom because I thought that you're going to be on, and I was like, you know what, we're already strapped for time and shit. And I wanted to get to the movies and not have the re- the reviews rush and stuff. Um, so that's why I ended up doing it. But well, I got to say that his answer for Argento versus Falci made me happy because most people pick Falci, and I'm like the lone Argento dude. I already knew the answer so. to it. I already knew that. I tried to act surprised, but I already knew the answer. Yeah. Oh, and also, I I'm super disappointed in you, fucks. Like. You guys, he's like, oh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is my favorite film. I expected, oh, that's JP's favorite film too. No, nothing. I wasn't, even, I wasn't even mentioned on the show. I'm like, what is going on here? No mention of me not being we there. We mentioned Jeremy Patrick. Yeah, no, we mentioned, we <laughs> mentioned that you weren't there. I, th- I think I called you an asshole for not showing did up. Did you? Yep. I don't think you did. No, I think I think I called you I an asshole for not showing up. I was like, fucking lazy Mexican just decided not to show up tonight, man. Oh, well. Yeah, but uh, and Dave, yeah, like I, uh, not only do I know what you're doing, but I put a poll up on the last episode. And I'm not even intentionally doing, doing it. If I'm subconsciously doing it, let it be. I'm fine no. with it. Uh-uh, I'm not. <laughs> I don't care. I'll be Jeremy three. We'll all be <laughs> no, I'm not. We're all Jeremys now. <laughs> no, uh, that's fucking hilarious. That would be a horrible podcast if everybody was just Jeremy. Yeah, there'd be a lot of fucking inappropriate fucking dialogue. Yep, yep. Oh, the Vince Vaughn Nation but, um, would love yeah, that shit. Yeah, good show, guys. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. There was uh, some interesting conversations. There's things that I really wanted to say about, like, um, while Tom was on there, but I'm not going to say it now because I'll wait till he comes when I'm eventually on an episode with him because there's, there's some interesting stuff that nobody knows. Um, and then also he mentioned his um, Hope's film, um, and he said it was sold out. I actually have at least one copy, maybe two copies to give away at some point. Oh, I wanted to when yeah. Tom was on, but I was missed it. Right. So I'll wait until it comes back again um, because it's sold out. There's no right. copies that exist anymore. So that, I think that's a pretty cool thing. Um, but I have two Blu-ray copies. Yeah, I forgot it, that it, we had One, those. maybe two. I can't remember if I gave one away already. I forgot that those copies were sent to you. Completely forgot about that. Yeah, I I bought a couple extra copies to right. <clears throat> give away. And, right. But mm-hmm. yeah, so so just the short of it. Did uh, like what are your thoughts on the movies on uh, the whip and the body? <laughs> Dude, I can't. <laughs> I'm not gonna remember which ones which, but I remember the one the one that was really old. I was like shocked that it was that old. I remember that the whip in the and, body um, is the one with uh, Christopher Lee and right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was the, yeah. So I, I, re- I mean, I liked all three of them. I feel like I ne- would need to rewatch them again to give you a good review on any of them because I want my memory. I swear to God, my memory is like worse and worse every year. Yeah. I feel like those movies um, all benefit from rewatches, especially Lisa and the devil. Cause when you, when you watch Lisa and the devil for the first time, like it's, it's yeah, one was of that those... the one where you were saying there's another cut of it. There's like a, a complete, yeah. like different movie or something. Yeah. So the house of exorcism is the, is a recut. So basically Lisa and the devil never got really released at first. And then they wanted to capitalize on the, on the, the fame of the exorcist. So what they did is they recut the film and it, it's got a lot of the same shit in from Lisa and the devil, but it literally has a bunch of exorcism scenes involving the main character. And man, I actually put a clip at the end of the show. I don't know if you guys heard the sample that I used. That's actually a clip from the house of exorcism. It's one of the funniest thing. I literally fucking forgot how funny this click it, this clip is. 
and it's basically the the priest talking to her and she's all possessed and shit in this hospital and stuff and and he's like where are you from where are you from and she pauses and she's like i'm from a cunt <laughs> like oh this. i thought that was a clip from beyond the door <laughs> no dude it's from the fucking the recut lease in the devil house of exorcism and i i because I, I rewatched the movie right after because i said i was going to and i was like you know what fucking i'm gonna actually rewatch this cut because i couldn't remember it i couldn't remember how they incorporated the clips and then when you see how they do it, you're like oh okay and it really doesn't work at all because lease in the devil is actually legitimately a good movie and then you watch this cut and you're like it's a head scratcher man it's a head scratcher but yeah, I had seen Bear and Blood before. Yeah, um, yeah. I didn't actually get to the end of the show. Like, so I think I'm on the second movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't get to your Bear and Blood review. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. No, I, I mean, I liked all three of them. I, I think that, like with um, Bava, I've I've not seen a lot of his work, but everything that I've seen, I, I've liked. But I'm not as high on them as like Tom and maybe some of you guys. Like I don't like when you guys were talking about like a director with a a, a streak. You know what I mean? I'm like, okay. I, I mean, I but I don't feel like these are all nines or eight eight and a halfs or anything like that. So it's like, yeah, it's a good streak for, of solid flicks. But that's again, I haven't watched some of them, and then I probably need to rewatch some of them. The thing is, man, he made like you know. F- 14 i think 14 horror films in his career uh around that and i don't think any of them are shitty though he doesn't have any misses in there which is pretty hard like i mean it's you don't really see that a lot with directors that have directed that many genre films there's usually always a couple i mean you don't see directors that have directed that many genre films well Well, his were a shorter period of time too so he never really lost it like he didn't live super long you know what i mean he died fairly young yeah he he never sucked he right. never got into the sucking phase of his career. He See, now I heard that Shock is not good. Is that true or no? I not like seen it in years. I like Shock. Um, it, it's getting finally getting its fucking Blu-ray release from Arrow. Finally. Um, yeah. Because yeah. like, well, I mean, Shock I don't was know also what Argento's streak is, but yeah. I mean, to me, I would go up to Sleepless at least. I know Shock yeah, has he's production got some problems there. Sh- Shock did have some production problems. I'm not big on a. Uh, trauma i don't think trauma is a very good movie but no. it's been years oh, yeah but trauma's after sleepless right no it's 93 yeah oh, trauma's the one the before 90s, sleepless. that's right well maybe a nice uh-huh. uh vinegar syndrome will make change your mind on that yeah I, it's not gonna it's not gonna be below a six it won't be below a six i'm sure i think i gave it a six and a half but yeah I yeah i guess so up to stenhall maybe like i know some people don't like stenhall but it's one of my favorites no but trauma's trauma's before stenhall fuck it, it is. is 96 is stenhall yeah so i guess up to fucking what was the last one he did in the eight two evil eyes yeah. two evil eyes is good no, I, think, I, think two, I like it. i think it's i've 90, seen it yeah. five or six times yeah yeah 1990 is two evil eyes before that was opera so i mean it's stories I mean, that have been really, adapted before we've seen the stories and stuff if but trauma wasn't in there he would have went all the way up to sleepless yeah, that's a yeah. I think so because I gave yeah. Sleepless a seven. I don't think the Stendhal Syndrome is a bad movie. I just I'm not a big fan of it to be honest. I've watched that movie a bunch of times. I, I, I can't just, get into I just it, think man. It's like one of the more one one of the more interesting movies he did in terms of like it's the narrative, like I'm the just, story and stuff. It's, yeah, see, that's what I'm not interested in. I don't think the movie's bad yeah. at all. I just I, the story just it, it kind of bores me to be honest, man. I don't know. I like it. Yeah, and a lot of people do. It's, I, I def, it's definitely one of those ones. that's a like huge it a mixed bag because it's not a bad movie at all. All right, so yeah, the similarities bef- 
between his earlier work, like the the motivations of the killer, which I just eat up, and I love the twist with Aja. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like I, it a lot. I just think there's a lot of cool themes in there. It would have um, made my top ten of '96 for sure. Yeah, it would be higher on my top ten now. I'd only seen it that one time, but I've watched it like three times since then, and uh, I'm, it's in my top five Argentos. Um, but I mean, to me, like his highs are so fucking high with like uh tenebrae inferno just i don't know man it, uh, i just I, I wish that he could have see i don't know what the problem is it just an age thing right is that what why directors decline no i mean the, the complete movie studios change they don't give them money the people they work with go on and move to places like when george romero stopped making movies in pittsburgh they weren't the same his crew wasn't there when dario oh. didn't have the limitless cinematography tricks he could use they weren't the same i mean right. they're limited man the budgets change everything changes. so, no so one do you think if bava guy. kept going that would have happened to him too uh, no, because he pro- he would have died eventually in the 80s anyways because he was old. Well, so he would have never saw the <laughs> shitty heyday of the 90s, probably. Italian, right. You know, the, the downfall. He would have died during the downfall. He died young, yeah. though, so he died 10 years before he should have. It's not really like he specific died like directors died in the 80s. It was just Italian cinema in general. There was a few hits in the 80s, like <clears throat> past the mid-80s, but that's it. You know, yeah. it was it was just. Yeah, the, I kind of like the, the look of '90s Italian films, though. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, for like, all we know, maybe Bava would have directed Cemetery Man, and it would have been just as good or better. Right. Let me. <laughs> I don't know about that, but I don't know. Um, I did want to since you mentioned Pittsburgh and stuff. Uh, we had mentioned that they found a cut of um, Martin. Martin that was like three. Th- there's debate if it's three hours or three and a half hours, but it's long. It's longer. It's the black and white. Yeah, you can't debate yeah, the fact and, that it's long. So, right. So, uh, I was listening to Michael Felsher, who um, you guys know from Red Shirt Pictures, does like tons of special yeah, features yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, he, I actually found out that he was the one that, like, I know he does a lot of the Vestron stuff, but that was like his idea in general. So that that was pretty cool. But he had talked about this in one of his live streams. Apparently, back in the day when they were making Martin. Um, they were scouting locations for um, Romero's next film in in Pittsburgh, and they found this like farmhouse, and they was at wanting to use like the farmhouse or whatever, and the people that owned it, they you know to show them that they're like, hey, they're, like, this is the stuff we're doing and stuff. They show they screened Martin in one of their barns, and it was that cut. It was the long cut. It was like the first cut or whatever, and yeah, um, they screened it there. And they left it. They they it, now Felsher doesn't know exactly what happened. If they were like, "Hey, can we watch this again?" Yeah, yeah, okay, we'll leave it here with you, or like something like that. Or, and then like he said that um, Romero was like so damn busy at that point in his career, like with with different projects and things moving and and wheels turning and stuff like that. And it just got misplaced and and left there. And they found it all these years later at that farmhouse. So you know that's where the isn't it weird that they from. find one of his films in a farmhouse and his most famous film took place in a farmhouse? Yeah, dude. And, and isn't it awesome to see like all this like dug up Romero stuff? And um, I believe he even said like he would like he was like really sad that George wasn't around to to find this and see this or whatever. Like, so uh, he th- thinks that he would have been like ecstatic about it, but. Um, these stories it, just, it goes to show you that man like films just turn up fucking anywhere dude like i think joe 
on uh, from Vinegar Syndrome was even talking about that, you know, uh, on his episode of um, Rebecca and Elric's show about like how just things turn up. Like, the, you, that, what's that movie they're releasing, Dave? The um, uh, zo- is it Zombie something? It's some kind of movie that they're they're releasing this Black Friday. Do you know what I'm talking about? Ninja something. Ninja something. Yeah. Like, did you hear his story of that movie? Yeah. They basically just but the re- New York it Ninja was not completed. They edited it to finish it. New York Ninja. Yeah, New it York was like Ninja. Literally yeah. not. It was a movie that like a studio was doing and then went bankrupt and it was never like put yeah, together. It was I know never the story. edited. I know the story. Uh, there was no ADR. Like there was no audio, so they redid fucking audio for the entire movie. Yeah. And uh, one of the people there fucking edited it. Yeah, and, they got a bunch of cool voice actors on it and too and shit. That's it's kind of a neat idea, man. It's really cool. Yeah, but it's just cool that like there's always stuff being found, and it get, it, it, the, it makes you like these stories always make like, me wonder. Yeah. Like, you know, first I, I get it, man. Like George A. Romero was definitely obviously busy at the time and stuff, but he knows that there was a longer cut of his film and stuff. Why did he never try to seek it out or find that copy while he was still alive? Because I mean, this is you got to remember this is like mid seventies, right? Um, you know, and and he just died like recently, so. Like in all those years in between making that movie and him dying, he never once ever tried to seek out his longer cut of his film because, because, because the reason what drives me nuts is because as an artist, like, you know, I've done things and like, you kind of get it. You you generally are attached to your things and you don't really want it to get lost and stuff like that. You think that you would try to, you know, keep a closer eye on your shit or at least try to find it if it did go misplaced or missing or something like that i think there's a lot of things that go i don't think uh, one at all if somebody just takes you to some random farmhouse in pittsburgh like are you gonna remember where it is and like who are you still in contact with the guy that took you there and like is was it some location scout that found the place like did anybody remember where it was and i think they even said that they did reach out to them at some point and they said they didn't have it and then they so he just accepted that it was lost state. because if I'm going to put in all that time to make a three and a half hour movie, I want my fucking version of my shit back, man. It goes for anything, you know. I like, don't know. What do you mean you don't know? It depends. Know? But you've I mean, made, it, yeah, you've made it, movies. It, you're going to put in all that hard work and then your shit gets misplaced. You're just going to go on to the next, pro- next project and then die. Well, let's years put later. it this way. Right now, the movie's on a hard drive somewhere else. I don't know where it is. And I don't really give a shit. Well, I mean that that there you go. to me that just that just to me but I if take it was that Martin, is you don't if give it a was sh- Martin it would be a different story. You know what I mean? But that's what I'm my, saying my though. But I, I'm Martin. I'm just saying for anybody that's made shit in their life, like all the shit that I've made and There's got to be more to it. We we don't have enough of the story well, to know what happened. Right. No, no, no. Like, I'm just talking from from an artist's the, perspective like, who in knows general. If they'd- really put that in perspective that that was the only copy of that version if you know uh he went right into dawn of dead and night riders and creep show right after that so it's like who knows if like what what all happened in between that time and then you reach back out do you are you contacting the right people they say they don't have it what are you going to be like i know you have it you know it's and and again missing pieces of the story i i don't know it, it does seem weird to just lose that but at the same time you never yeah. really know i mean how these I, maybe it was I, stolen i get the whole losing thing but i'm just wondering why he would have made more than effort to try and find it because that's a lot of work gone you don't missing, know right? that he did no i'm not i'm not saying he didn't but i mean i would have put it like every last ounce into trying to find that shit man i just i just find uh it always drives me nuts when these things pop up after maybe, people have maybe he passed didn't away even and think shit. that cut was any good maybe we maybe, don't even maybe know not that. i, I don't mean, he didn't think the amusement park was any good yeah 
Yeah. Obviously. But I'm just saying, though, you know, for somebody, you know, from any perspective of someone that's made movies or music or stuff like that, like, you know, people do have different perspectives on their shit. Like (laughs) Prince is Prince is a great example of somebody that made full albums and full videos and shit. And he he would literally put them into the vault and he's just like, ah, it's not good enough to put out, you know, and he wouldn't put it out. Yeah, he had fucking Kevin Smith directing movies. Who's the one? Is that the guy? Rodriguez directed a movie and never released it. Right. But this was common because, you know, Prince actually has they figured like 10 to 12 full recorded albums from the 80s because he's a nutcase and that's the thing but the thing is but the thing was like he vaulted it he's like well it's mine i know where it is you know like he's still taking care of it he he was very eccentric obviously but uh but the point is is like even even the shit like it's kind of funny even with like all the all the music all the beats all the things that i've done over the years i still have all the original pro tool sessions and stuff like burnt onto discs and shit it's crazy like i have everything well when it comes to videos i mean i get that. that some people are like that yeah and then some people aren't, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, th- it's funny, though, just to even hear Joe. He was talking about ticks, right? Like, they wanted to release ticks forever. And they kept contacting the studio that had it, and th- they couldn't find it in the vault. Are you vault. just repeating like, their podcast? Well, I, I mean, for our listener, I mean, go check it out. It's a good show. But <laughs> now, now like he finally, he's like, go check out their podcast. show. It, it's, it's, it's relevant, you know? Yeah. It, and... That, like then they just find it all of a sudden they're like oh and then also when we looked at it we're like this there's a different cut of this movie in there what's up with that and no, nobody knows anything about it you know what i mean like i just think that that all that shit's so fascinating and the fact that there's a fucking three hour cut of martin or three and a half hours or whatever it is well, maybe hopefully it gets released and maybe, everything that's but, what maybe we'll get both versions now on a actual blu-ray you know, I, I know Martin. Well, we're supp- supposed to get for well, second. Is the second site supposed to be doing it? I know, and it's been coming out for fucking ever. And what well, I don't know what the fuck's going on with that shit, but I'd like to actually get like the full version, you know, this cut and that cut. You know, it would be fucking cool, man. But I would honestly like to see a different studio um, do it. Uh, even though I like that Dawn of the Dead release, I think somebody else could do better. Um, I thought the transfers could have used a little bit more work. Dawn of the Dead's never looked. I mean, those—that's that, a cheap, cheaper film stock, I imagine. That's because always look kind but of JP cheap. doesn't like the HDR. Like he like he want or he wants everything taken out. He wants all the fucking grain taken what? out and shit. Yeah, they Wait, don't what? It, I don't like HDR. I like HDR. You said that you you don't like don't, having the grain and stuff like, like that. I don't like. You gotta have the grain. But you, that, that's you the don't. point, JP. It like, makes you feel alive. If you're taking out all the grain mean. and shit, man, you're just <laughs> you're ruining the integrity of the movie and stuff. That's that's what we've you're been like discussing. You're like the guy who polishes an old knife. Like you're not supposed to polish it. You just rip off. Well, the every tra- every shit. 4K transfer you say that you don't like, you're like, oh, it's because it's got grain. I'm like, because that's these older films are supposed no, to no, have grain. No, no, I, I like them. that transfer. I said in my review, I said I think it looks better than the movie ever did and probably yeah. will. But I think that. I I think there like was room for improvement. Yeah, I mean, like even Jeremy even said he's like I don't like any 4Ks with grain on it. So they they just want to fucking well, just I, completely I, take it the, out. The reason why we don't is because because 4K is about clarity. Blu-ray is if you if you're looking at a Blu-ray, sure grain's fine, but when you're up to 4K, it's about as being as clear as possible. So when the me. when the 4K of Texas Chainsaw Massacre comes out, you just want it like crystal fucking clear, no grain, no nothing. Like, don't you think that's gonna actually yeah. kind of not like alter the movie, but it, it definitely does give it a different appeal when you watch it, right? Yeah, but that's what I'm looking for in 4K. There is a little bit. I of have a VHS though. of Texas Chainsaw. I have a DVD. I have a Blu-ray. 
So to I me, I never like, bought in the people saying the movie should be watched on VHS, like Texas Chainsaw. It's better on VHS. I don't buy that. Like no. now, if we're talking August Underground, yeah, because it's on a VHS, <laughs> and you're supposed to find it on a VHS, which makes sense. It's all part of the experience. But Texas Chainsaw, for me personally, I don't think Toby Hooper wanted you to watch it looking like. Sh- but right, I, I think that the, uh, for me, the it's just because it's the appeal of 4K clarity. I want to see it, the picture as clear and pop as possible. It, that doesn't mean that I think that's the but the way I see best it though, way to view a film. The way I see it though, I mean, these movies were shot on film. Film has a natural grain to it. Like when you remove the grain, you're actually taking away right. From but it, it the, gets you know, more you take away grain, detail but, too. Yeah, Wait, don't you take but, away detail? N- not really, but, but but film grain gets worse as time goes on. So it's like when this first popped in the theater, it didn't have this much grain. You get what I'm saying? So it's like, well, it, 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 I don't know. It, it's hard to say because it, there's different types of film stock, though, too. Right. If you're using high grade fucking film, 35 millimeter film, it will probably look pretty fucking good. But if you're using lower stock and shit, like there's different levels of it. Right. And I mean, like let's face best- it. TCM was shot low budget. I mean, it's not like Cooper had money and shit. So I'm, I'm assuming he didn't have the most expensive 35 millimeter prints to, to be shooting on and stuff. So I'm assuming it probably is pretty damn grainy. Right. To start For me, with. like the best vinegar syndrome transfers have like the least amount of grain i'm like holy shit you can it's so clear you know what i mean yeah but you so, still like, see me in it's them, like you, you can still see that integrity of the film stock in those transfers i get what you're saying though they do an incredible job but i think it's also because we've talked about this too and they even okay, have like it, they even the have thing. videos and, on the, on the machine they clean go ahead. they actually Sorry. clean their prints right like they have that fucking machine that was you know peter jackson's machine and mm-hmm. they're like the only company that has one of those that's pretty much why vinegar syndrome stands out so much from the other companies because and why their prints look so different because they're literally cleaning these things like literally cleaning them right and they and then that's when they go and do their their transfers and shit so it's like so, a different process that they use i think that's why they're coming out so damn well it's one of a kind machine you know it is what it is it's their technology so, so yeah so uh, real quick on this and then i'll be done I, I think the reason why jeremy and me agree on this is because we watch a lot of film like actual 35 millimeter prints and and prints of film the Blu-rays and and all that it doesn't even come close to comparing it like the right. grain doesn't matter like the when you watch film it's different so it's like to even yeah. worry about that you're not getting the same feeling anyway it doesn't look the same at all so it's like to me it's like why not go in the other direction and make it more clear instead of making it look more like film because it's never even going to come yeah, close Yeah but you're to also watching it on a smaller like. scale though too right I mean, when you're watching 35 millimeter prints on, you know, fucking cinema side screens and shit comparatively, even if you're watching that on a smaller, if you're watching that print on like a 75 inch TV, it probably would look different also. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's just, it's different. I agree with you there. I'm all for the integrity of film, but at the same time, when you see a print of uh, Halloween or something, and it's yeah. fucking orange. The print is literally orange. Like you don't hear people arguing like, "Oh, well, the the 4K needs to look like that because that's how the film looks." Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, to me, it's like uh, if we're doing 4K, like let's go for like further to the 4K aspect of clarity versus take it back. Well, I mean, there, it, it should look like, look like it originally looked like when it played in theater on the first couple reels. Right. Some of, right some of those them degrading. like we don't want it to look like dog shit, but we also yeah. don't want it to look like it's some digital movie. Yeah. Some of those prints that you're, yeah, like, let's face it. Some of the but prints that like you are 4K watching adds texture. Yeah, they look like so shit. it's like, it, to me, it never looks like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. But 
I get where you're coming from, though. I don't even really disagree with you. I need I need direct, uh, you know, like examples. You'd have to show me what you're talking about on a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. That that makes sense too. Because I'm not saying that I don't want grain, like at all. Like I feel like the movie would look weird with no grain. Period. But I'm just saying, like I, I hate heavily grainy shit on 4K because it's like that's I, I feel like that's not what it's supposed to look like. But um, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know. It's funny when I'm watching. I don't know what's going on when I'm watching a 4K and it does have lots of grain and stuff. Like, I still feel like the the depth of it's there, and I'm like, you know, the picture quality is still there. You just, you, I don't know. It's almost like you can see through the what, grain what, better. It's weird. Like, I can still I, see the transfer in the 4K transfer. You know, that that depth in the in the colors and stuff I, are still I just there. Notice the colors, dude. Brighter. That's what's most important for me. Yeah. Oh, dude, they pop so much. That's my favorite yeah. aspect of 4Ks. The hills have eyes even. The colors were really bright on the 4K. That's, really? that's interesting. Hmm. Yeah. I, mine's coming in the mail, but that's interesting because that movie is like one fucking color. <laughs> yeah, but no, I just, it was brighter. It was so much brighter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, but like if you, like Halloween 3, for example, on the 4K, like I feel like because that movie has like more, like even when, um, Atkins and and the girl are at the little like motel thing and it's all pink and shit like that pink just pops you know you know honestly man uh, like the mid 60s like you know Bava and shit like that those movies would really benefit from being on 4k with the colors and stuff like blood and black lace is a perfect example of a film oh yeah yeah. that would look so good because the the color palettes in that like there's a lot of greens reds blue i mean everything argento kind of mimicked and stuff too we've seen those palettes before but you guys know what i'm talking about there's great demons look great yeah demons again and that's you know that that was the one movie that that bava uh, that lamberto bava did that was very much in the vein of his father you know with the color schemes and, and the, the way the palette was, was and right. the light the it was the lighting and the color schemes but you look at some of the and i just rewatched it too and it it just looks fantastic man but he and never really did a lot of movies stuff. with color schemes like that even before because the earlier work like um blade in the dark and fucking you know macabre and shit like those movies were very much his own kind of style but well, then dario was helping with uh, demons too, so I mean, he probably was like, "Let's yeah. go fucking big." Yeah, and then demons, you can tell yeah. it, it just—it's very reminiscent of his, you know, blood and black lace. I mean, a lot of Bava films from that time are very colorful and shit. Even Whip in the Body has moments of that too, and in a gothic sense, it's—it's it's interesting. But uh, yeah, it, those t- those are my favorite things. I love when, when there's those type of color palettes and shit, and they pop on the 4K. They look really good. Suspiria so is incredible. It looks really good. So. Yeah, I think Suspiria is in my top five favorite 4K releases right now. Um, it, it's probably one of the best that I've seen. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched my Suspiria 4K yet. I will, though. You got like one week. Or what? <laughs> and then you can't, can't, and then you can't watch bro? Italian movies anymore. No, no December is going to be straight 2021 movies, and I'm not looking forward to it. Dude, now, I, because... don't, I don't follow any patterns. People are like, what do you watch for Christmas? I'm like, whatever I want. What do you watch? That's good. That's good. That's good. What do you watch for Halloween? It's just, I don't, I don't, I don't do what people either. I just, I do what I want. And it's like Italian. I just love Italian films. So that's why I'm watching this month. So it is what it is. No, I mean, I, 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 you always watch Christmas movies during Christmas. Don't lie. Oh, of course I do. Of course I do. I love Christmas movies. I love Hallmark movies. I know I'm fucking, I'm openly admit that (laughs) shit, man. I have a soft spot (laughs) for Christmas and I have a soft spot for Christmas and fucking, I don't know why I'm so attracted to the worst movies ever when it comes to like, they're literally the same storyline in every single movie. Everybody looks picture perfect. It's fucking 
bad and horrible but I, I can't stop watching maybe it's like that thing it's like that whole train wreck you, ever you know it's gonna happen but you can't stop watching you're just like i gotta see it crash i gotta see the carnage and it's like fuck man I'm every movie starts doesn't watch any of that shit proceeds and ends the exact same it's like it's I, I don't even inside. love stories i don't even like love I'm i not hate romantic comedies i don't even like any of that shit but when it comes to christmas shit i'm like i have this weird obsession and soft spot for it it's it's just uh, it's just me i can I, I don't feel bad admitting that because it's not even a guilty pleasure i just like it it is what it is yeah see i i i just to me like watching christmas stuff during christmas time gives me a good feeling yeah, I like, will watch my Krampus 4K when it comes. I'm you watching can, that bad boy. I think sure. I, I think I yeah, mentioned I this before. I think I mentioned this before. But every time, if you look at my letterbox, and if you see, if you seen that I watched um, uh, Christmas Vacation, you know I set my Christmas uh, Christmas tree up that day. Is that when you do it? Yeah. Every I wish I had. So that. you do yeah, have. I used to, I used to be like that. Yeah. Well, I, I had like that, that tradition. Like you died inside. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I'm dead. Yeah. So <laughs> whenever I years. whenever I logged it on there is the day that we set it up. So. <laughs> yeah. If but. I had kids, I would be different. I would be more excited for that kind of stuff. But when like I don't have the kid like kids around, Just be you know, a kid, I, bro. Just be. But it, when I'm like happen. when I visit my cousins' kids and stuff, I'm like I'm always running around the house. I'm the guy who's always constantly like screwing around and wrestling and playing like kid games and shooting them with like dark guns and stuff Aww. i am a you big need kid to embrace just, that not, you need to bring but i'm that not out. hanging around little kids playing like with my family and friends and shit i just don't give a shit i'm just like yeah what what's to do yeah so I'm you're bored. not always the old grumpy dude man you're not that guy yeah. screaming you know, get off my lawn you out when you get off my I'm lawn with my friends and family outside in public i'm nothing like this i just i'm miserable <laughs> stop dave i don't want you to be no no i have like i'm a completely different person if you ever see me go out with my friends i just like immediately relax yeah that's good that's but just you you fucking ruined me i was much more I, relaxed last week fuck you man i'm so nice wasn't i <laughs> moods wasn't i way more relaxed he was actually what, he last was week? yeah yeah, you're you're definitely worse. It's all these uh, Jeremy's, the- fucking Jeremy Freeman, Jeremy <laughs> Patrick. They're killing me inside. No, you just get mad at me all the time for just saying something. <laughs> no, just say something I think Jeremy say gives like, Dave anxiety. I think that's what it is. So you can't hold him in anger. Which Dave's- one? <laughs> the actual no, Jeremy, Jeremy Freeman just like he has no timing. Like he'll literally pause for dramatic effect, and he's like gets anxiety. He's like, hurry up! You're like, fuck off, man! It's gonna take two more seconds. I was gonna take three and a half minutes. That's <laughs> so true. Uh, yeah, he, he does it to moods too. Like every time we like pause for a dramatic effect, he'll be like, well, we get it, ten out of ten. <laughs> we get it. Ten out of- <laughs> it makes you so mad. Yeah, man, the anxiety turns to anger, man. It's like oh Jeremy has the ability to instantly make me go from zero. Like I'll put up with it for like three times, and then I'm just fucking go zero to a hundred. Yeah, like, man. I'm no the exact time. same way, dude. I'm the exact same way with him, man. He's the one guy that <laughs> sets me off, dude. I'm pretty fucking chill all the time, and then he just gets my <laughs> fucking does. going, man. It's crazy. Oh like, my god! I argue it, with JP about shit we're agreeing with. I don't know why, but it always feels this, like I'm arguing with JP, and then I think like, because that's what, we're, I was, that's what I was saying. I think <laughs> we do, but I think it's because we're very similar in a lot of things. It, it, I really do. I feel like we're the same person in certain ways. I feel like we had a similar group of friends at high school, possibly somewhat something like that. Some of the same people we hung out with. Yeah. So <laughs> so we're, so where exactly would I fit into this? Who who am I to you guys? Moods, dad, like, like polar opposites. 
<laughs> what was that? I don't know, bro. You're just no. You're kind of similar. Um, I don't know. Great. I don't even have an idea. We got along. I think we got along. I don't see you being a jerk. No, I'm not. A you probably <laughs> that's a good thing. In high school, no. I mean, he's probably easy going. He probably got along with most people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I could feel. I feel like you were just like you. You were a social butterfly. Like you could go hang well, out with well, these I'm kids. Still, I'm kids. still like that. My wife hates it because like I will just talk to anybody at any moment at any time, and I'll just like, spark up conversation with people like, anywhere. And she's like, "How the fuck do you just do that?" I'm like, "Cause I just like talking to people, man." It's like, yeah. So and 45 minutes talking to some fucking homeless guy about fucking hamburgers He's i will like, I'll like talk to anybody cheese. at any time like i never if somebody asks me something <laughs> i'll just i'll just start talking to him man, about everything it doesn't matter it doesn't fucking I matter like, can i borrow a dollar like, what you need a dollar for man i was oh, like that well, in high school well, though well, well. i definitely was like that in high school i was very much a uh like a social butterfly in many groups and stuff and it's just the way it was yeah and it's odd because i don't even like people so but <laughs> <laughs> it's not entirely true. I like people. I just think most people kill are your enemy. Must know you. It's just people have gone to shit, though. It really is. Social media. I just. I people. feel like me. I just see so many fucking literal like idiots mm-hmm. in the world. Like it, it's. I, I like so. I get flabbergasted, and I shouldn't. But it's like, dude, you just see some really, really dumb people. Yeah, we all do. It's insane. I mean, I see it. It's just all too common, man. You probably see more than us. Working with the general public in a way, (laughs) dude, I swear, man. Man, that was the most awkward pause ever. I'm like, so where do I fit in? Everyone's like, "Uh, I don't want to say the wrong thing. Oh, I don't want to. I was on the spot, man. (laughs) Oh, fuck. Yeah. All right. Well, like I would have played basketball occasionally with moods that's about it <laughs> <laughs> you're saying you wouldn't have been friends with moods <laughs> no i would have been but he would have been like a friend i always played sports with like oh we're playing dodgeball or basketball you know what i mean oh we wouldn't actually probably went out. to the island probably i had so went to many island. different types of friends man like me being me being a hip-hop what kid like i had metal friends i had friends from all sorts of angles it was kind of bizarre like even when i think about it like what's that movies we if we would have both liked the movies at the time and i did back yeah. then we would have probably hung out then yeah i've, I've always yeah, been a big movie guy if man. i found somebody in real life who likes movies i'm like a fucking leech <laughs> like, that was one thing to get me away you know it's kind of funny because i did you know i was i played a lot of sports and and had a lot of different type of groups that i hung with like skated i biked i fucking you know music and stuff but the one thing i never really had in common with a lot of people was horror films to be honest now when i think back on it I didn't really have yeah, a lot of people. Yeah, I used to make that... my friends watch them. Yeah, well, I you did too. too. Yeah, and they, too. they'd be like, they oh, hated me. Yeah, and they liked the you know the Chucky movies. They liked it and... now, but they hated it then. Yeah, they like, grew to like it. Like nobody was in the same realm as me where I was going to seek out shit. I was the one that was always showing people shit, and then they were like, "Man, it was okay." Like I had, they're not going to turn the you know the experience away and shit like that. But they weren't that person going, "Hey, moods, did you check out the new you know this movie and that movie?" I'm like, that ah, just never had that. Well. But, as they got older, I think they realized like my friend Felton was like like he I make him watch them and he'd be like yeah they're they're good but mm-hmm. he he wasn't like super into them but then like when he got older he he'd, like start looking back at night at the living dead dawn the dead day the dead he's like oh these are great man these right. are yeah. like because he I mean he's in the video games and he likes horror movies but like not like he's more of a comic book guy growing up you know my friends right. all liked weird shit mm-hmm. yeah I, I showed my friends Last House on the Left one time and they hated me for a while 
Yeah, my my bond that I had with the peoples and got sick and had to go home. <laughs> yeah, my bond with was, was with music with people. Moment. Yeah, music was you the thing. Music. I, well, it was like I had friends that would you know we had to like this crew right, and it was people were always digging for music and finding shit. So it was like it was just always getting passed around between us and shit. So, but that's you know you know some people would have that in the in the movie realm too, right? Where people would become from all different angles and shit, but never had that man. It was did the you, music. Yeah. Did you guys ever get drunk and then try to rap all the time? Uh, yeah. Well, before I was drunk, even. Yeah, we we had this thing called whip out the brat. I don't fucking <laughs> whip out like, the brat. Yeah, and we'd have to do like sing these rap lyrics, and they would always have to end with whip out the brat. <laughs> You're a fucking idiot. Well, we never yeah, had to do. We never had to get drunk to do that because that's just what we did on the regular. Like we used to do. We used to do shows all the time and stuff, right? At yeah, the skate parks we, we, and shit, but my friend could rap, but a lot of us couldn't rap worth a shit. We yeah. just doing it. No, for no, I, yeah, I get that. No, we would fuck around too and shit like that. But I mean, obviously, yeah, we used to sit shit, there and like freestyle all the time. Freestyle battles like, are the best, man. We just get on the one and twos yeah. and fucking freeze. That was actually how everything started, and then and then some of the guys got really good at fucking you know mixing and DJing and shit, and and then some guys were better on the mic, and then it just got it got really fun. We just like, well, yeah, we'll go rent out these spaces and the and the and these joints and go and do these fucking shows and and it wasn't just like a concert; it was more of just everyone doing everything. It was just like a hip hop scene. It was really cool. It was really fun. But those events were uh, drug free, drug and alcohol free, though. That was the one stipulation that what? we always had. Yeah. Did you have X's on your hands? <laughs> it was very much monitored because a lot of the people that would rent out the spots to us were very weary of hip-hop crowds because yeah, they, they always that. thought that people were going to be troublemakers and shit but then after a couple times and nothing ever went down not even fights because the people and the people and there was a lot of people that showed up that we didn't really know and stuff but that were into the music it was all about the music and and the culture of it and and the like it wasn't about beefs and shit and, and drugs and alcohol it was just different it was actually a really cool time i wish that place still existed you know did you guys ever stand outside of like, like uh beer distributors and ask people to get you beer <laughs> No, we had one of my of my friend's cousin was 10 years older than us, and he was really crazy. He'd buy us beer and get us drugs and shit. Yeah, I had a guy like that, too. I don't himself. want to be given no names. There, there was the odd time yeah. where one of our older brothers or sisters wasn't around to grab us, to boot for us. We called it booting. And uh, so that we'd go and sit out by the liquor store. And it, it was never a problem around here because everybody drinks like fishes. So it's like, yeah, sure, I'll grab your fucking beer, sonny. <laughs> you know, it's like whatever. But most <laughs> yeah. of the time, yeah. most of us it, had like, older brothers and sisters. It would... It would it would take like four tries max <laughs> to get somebody to do it. And yeah. I would always, even as a kid, I would be like, man, I feel like this is like, like this is kind of messed up. Like, my, my friend also was so 18. Easy. He'd go in like he had tattoos and shit and he had a beard. So he'd just go in and be like, what's up, brother? <laughs> yeah, We used to have like, we, <laughs> like we, we would go pull up to the uh, beer distributor with like six people in the car and we would each try. I never got it to fucking work. I always looked too young, but like, like, like sometimes like one of us would work like you, but like everybody would just try like, Oh no, I need your ID. Oh no, I need your ID. Yeah. They either got tired of it or or just gave in or, you know, man, just thought they got old. We actually got these really incredible, uh, fake IDs. Um, they were like BC identification. They weren't driver's license, but they were just BC IDs. Um, we got them made up in Alberta and they, they worked for fi- until we turned 19, which is our legal age in BC. And it was incredible, man, because like 
they look so good. And this would have been 1997, right? And like, even thinking back on the mm-hmm. quality of those things, I'm like, fuck, man. It was man, a lot easier were, to fake back then. It was. And they were they were done like proper. They had the holograms on them. They had all the shit. And they look legitly real, man. It was fucking cool. And I, I remember so, paying 50 bucks. But we got those not not just to get booze in the in the store, but to go to the to the strip clubs and, and the bars and shit like that. So that's what we wanted, really. Because we never had a problem getting booze. Like so you I guys said. were forcing those poor four strippers to be pedophiles and they didn't even know it holy fuck i, I never thought before. of it like that man dude that's hilarious man that's hilarious i don't think it works with the, well we were 17 way, only, we were only seven, if it's a girl yeah we were hey, 17 it, and 18 it, years it old it works yet way too i mean 17 and 18 you're, you're, <laughs> uh, so, you're pretty much an adult so yeah i don't know but so I don't me, know. And, me and my friends uh well yeah 18 yeah uh me and my friends fake id story so we um found a place in china that would make them and it was so sketch dude they were like 150 dollars each Jesus. Um, but if you got more the price went down so uh like we got like i don't know like eight or nine kids together and stuck literally stuck like a thousand dollars in an envelope and just mailed it to china hoping that they would come back <laughs> Really? They fucking did. Yes. What? Yeah, and they were legit looking too. The only thing they didn't scan, and that's how they got caught uh, with them. But they got caught. Um, they 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 went to scan it, and and it come it basically yells at you, this the computer or whatever yells at you, and then they have to call the cops. But um, yeah, they actually came. I was shocked. I was like, "There's no way you." I was like, you, "We're like, we're getting ripped off with this." <laughs> like, there's wait, no wait, way. But they, I don't remember ever having my ID scanned. Did they just start that? Uh, well, I, shit, dude. I'm like way older, or way younger than you. So, right. <clears throat> I mean, right. I was probably sixteen, seventeen. Yeah, they 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 do that now. You didn't know that they scan. Your ID. <laughs> you want to hear a fucking no. funny story, man? Yeah, they, like they do that now still. I don't even. I mean, I believe you. I don't drink the back anymore. Of it. There's like a barcode on the back of it. They ain't gonna scan me. They're gonna be like that guy's. 52. Maybe it's a P- just a PA thing. I don't know. Yeah, it could be. I, I'm yeah. One of your funny stories. So that same batch of IDs that we got when we were like 17, 18 years old. Uh, my one buddy, I'll leave him name. I'll leave him nameless here because I do have friends that listen to this podcast. So, um, and they know the story, but um, it's so fucking funny. So this is years later. I, I want to say this is probably four or five years. Like my buddy was probably 24 25 years old at this point anyways he was coming back into town and he got pulled over by the cops and he's like yeah i can see your license registration he grabs he grabs a registration and pulls out his id and gives it gives it to the cop and the cop's like and he he tells the story like this too the cop says to him he goes what the fuck is this (laughs) he gave him his (laughs) fake id from years prior Uh, and and my buddy's like oh shit uh here's my real license he's like what is this and then he actually legitimately told me he's like yeah we got these fake ids made up years ago and shit and then the cop just took it nothing happened of it but it was like what a fucking bone i mean there's probably a statute limitation on that probably the cop yeah he's just like yeah i mean obviously i mean buddy is like 25 years old now and and i said and i said to my buddy i was like why did you fucking still carry it around exactly (laughs) and he's like dude he's like i'm george costanza i never clean up my wallet i'm like obviously you fucking don't like we're talking five six seven years later (laughs) So that stupid. part in Seinfeld when he puts the one little piece of paper <laughs> at the end and the wall just explodes. I like how his back is all fucked up because he's sitting all cockeyed and shit. No, like, I, I love that it just completely explodes into nothing. <laughs> so funny. 
<laughs> Man, you see some weird wallets where I work. Like people pull out wallets that are literally like six inches thick. You know what I mean? It's like ridiculous. Man, that's oh, that's ridiculous. I'm so clean with mine. Like mine's nice and thin, and I have like no receipts. I don't have anything in my wallet. I don't, I don't like need. put it in my pocket. I hate it. I keep it out of my pocket when I can. I yeah, I actually bag. carry it. Uh, underneath my cell phone i carry my wallet underneath my my cell phone in my hand everywhere i go because i don't like having it in my pants because it's just either i don't like nothing in my pockets yeah except my hand dude i got so much shit in my pockets all the time it's ridiculous yeah i hate it though i'm not that's why you're so short it pulls you down man (laughs) is it facts makes my pants wait a minute i didn't start doing that until i was older i don't know (laughs) maybe you used to be taller well think of that I feel like I was. <laughs> I think that we should probably wrap up this intro because if people are still listening at this point, they're like, what the fuck are these guys talking about? <laughs> this is the review. We haven't talked anything horror related. Our- <laughs> like fucking 25 minutes we've been telling wall well, stories. Well, you better get used to it because I got like two and a half minutes on each one of these movies. <laughs> right. We had to fill in the time. We had to, you know. Yeah, do something with the time here. But um, yeah, anyways, guys, that's going to conclude the intro. We're going to be back with some Claudio Fagrasso reviews here just momentarily. And now, our feature presentation. Yo, who this? Yo, Moods, it's your boy, the ill-mented funky child, calling you to remind you that the featured reviews on this episode contain spoilers. Aw, yeah, man, that's right, brother. Thanks for the heads up, playa. Now go back to being an unproductive asshole. Fuck you. Now tell your listeners to stop being so dumb, silly, sensitive. Yeah. Monster dog. All right, so getting into the featured reviews here on episode 217, Claudio Fergrasso, director's spotlight. Yeah, the classic Fergrasso, man. Oh, shit, yeah. It's pretty much in the same vein as uh, Bruno Matai type shit, man. Don't you guys agree? It's uh, definitely cut from some, the same cloth. Cut from the same cloth. Definitely on the same playing field. Yeah. Bruno Mattei's protege, really, right. kind of like Joe Diamato and like um, who else were like Fred Eastman worked together all the time mm-hmm. and then, uh, Dario and Michele Suave. You know what I mean? But yeah. I feel like these guys were protege here. Yeah, Fergrasso is mostly known for writing, but then he got into directing. And yeah, you're you're right. Fergrasso and Matai were collabos on tons of things. Like you know, he was writing for Matai and Matai was. And, and a lot of those wife girlfriend was writing too. Yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, and then for Grasso, I think was he's uncredited on some of the Matai directed films and vice versa and things like that. So these guys were very close knit. So if you're a fan of Bruno Matai, you might be a fan of Claudio Fergrasso also. Um, these movies are definitely not to be taken too seriously. A lot different than a lot of the earlier, um, you know, more serious Italian films and uh, giallos and shit like that. These getting into the eighties, you kind of know what you're getting into gets a little bit cheesier uh but we're did you ever watch moods before we started did you ever watch uh the night killer special features when uh fragazzo talked about him and uh it might have been on a different disc him and bruno Mattei when they had their falling out i didn't watch him but i do know about the fact that he was pretty pissed it it was super 
super depressing because he started talking about them and then like they i think they made up a little bit and then like he's still like it's always the worst part when you have those like old guys talking about one of their friends or collaborators Mm -hmm. and then they start getting emotional it was one of those deals kind of like when eastman was talking about joe diamato right it was like that right yeah it it was all saying they you tell they were close at one point very close it's kind of a shame though too because with the night killer stuff like how the producers kind of wanted you know extra footage and put in there and then matai goes and shoots and so there's kind of like a middleman that kind of separated the two friends and stuff and it's it's unfortunate that's kind of it's mostly business related and shit but yeah i mean that's just what happens in the business man you just got to be careful of i guess what you're doing and but yeah, it is what it is, man. Um, so we're going to start here with uh, a film from 1984 called Monster Dog. This one right here is actually starring the one and only Alice Cooper. Um, the reason why Alice Cooper is actually in this movie is because he was actually on a hiatus from making music and stuff. He was uh, he was actually trying to get sober at this time, and he wanted to do something other than music to get his mind off of, you know, basically getting sober. He'd been an alcoholic his like entire adult life, and and things like that. And he'd just been dropped from his record company at the time. And he pretty much asked to be in this movie. He want, like I said, he wanted to get his mind off music and do something else. Oddly enough, and then Claudio Fergrasso actually asked him to write and record two original songs for the soundtrack, so he never really did get away from the music type thing and stuff. So, which of course, and awesome song. Yeah, Identity Crisis is such a simple song, but it's so fucking awesome. It's so catchy and shit. But yeah, so we ended up writing and recording two songs for this time and and uh but the other interesting thing about alice cooper in this film and i don't think this is coincidental whatsoever is the fact that this character's name is vince raven a lot of people do think that alice cooper's real name is alice cooper it's actually not (laughs) his real name actually is vince so i think that's just kind of his real name is vince raven uh it's like is that what is that what you just said no, his first that's name. The, the character's name. Yeah, his character's name in the movie is Vince Raven, but his actual real name in real life is his first name is Vince, right? Oh, Alice Cooper. Okay, and here's another interesting thing about Alice Cooper. So Alice Cooper, the band, was the band name for the first like seven, eight albums, right? And then he went solo in 1975 and dropped uh, "Welcome to My Nightmare," and that's when he took up the name Alice Cooper as his persona as alice cooper he wasn't known as alice cooper in the band alice cooper he was known as his real name which is vince uh vince uh fernier i think it's uh, how it's pronounced something like that um That's but funny. but his real name yeah the I band didn't know name, that. the band name songs that. yeah so that if you ever look up his discography it's interesting because the first seven albums are under alice cooper and then it says solo career and you're like okay yeah so but yeah so yeah that's a little bit of alice cooper for you but yeah he so he was having a hard time with his health and stuff and he wanted to get away from the drinking his best thing to do in his life was to get away from music because partying and music comes hand in hand and hence how he ends up in the classic monster dog quick little synopsis he he, real quick he also said that um he wanted to do something that wasn't going to get to like theaters and stuff like that. Oh yeah. That's actually a good note because he actually thought considering this movie was shot, I believe in the Philippines, if I'm not mistaken, um, he, he thought that it was never going to be released outside of the Philippines and he wanted to just get some money, do a little project and things like that. And he never thought in his wildest dreams, it'd be like widely released and shit. So yeah. And he also said that the, the, his, he got paid a lot of money for it and 
<laughs> he thinks that he was like the biggest part of the budget. <laughs> oh, I, I bet he was. Which I bet he was. I imagine part. he was. Well, this this movie really wasn't uh, taken that serious to the point. Well, Alice Cooper obviously didn't take it that serious because um, if you notice the end product of the movie, Alice Cooper's voice is completely dubbed in the movie. It's not even his real voice, except for terrible. when except it's for when terrible. you hear the actual audio recordings. That's his real voice. Obviously, it's his real music. But that's the only time you get to hear I'm his real voice. The clue is moods. Yeah, I'm getting the clues. Yeah, so uh, yeah, hit the voice of Dub Alice Cooper makes me laugh right from the get go. I'm like, oh my god, that's not Alice Cooper. <laughs> it's so fucking. It's funny. such a bad voice. I forgot about how bad that voice was. In fact, actually, every single actor or every single character in this movie was redubbed. They never. It was shot in Spain, by the way. It was a shot in Spain. Spain. Okay, so yeah, so yeah this e- actually is Spanish film not an italian film <laughs> it's it's directed by claudia Fragasso, but it's spanish italian <laughs> Dave, it's, you got your wish spanish hormone here we come it's We're a doing sp- spanish hormone <laughs> it's a spanish italian film but anyways um but yeah everybody was actually dubbed in this so um synopsis a rock star Except ret- monster dog that was actually monster dog's real voice <laughs> was it <laughs> shut up jp you fucking dumb <laughs> <laughs> okay a rock star returns to his childhood home to shoot a music video while a pack of wild dogs are on the loose killing off the local residents um yeah so alice cooper of course and completely um expected plays a rock star is pretty much what the synopsis says he returns back to this this small town and uh he's just shooting a couple new videos inside this house and um people are dying uh, they i think some of the locals think it is a pack of dogs and stuff but there's a little bit more to the story and it's um it's something else there's a monster dog there's a monster dog involved in this it's not just a pack of wild dogs so and they don't try to hide this fucking thing you see it in the first 10 minutes of the movie well that's the thing with for man his movies man you never he never fucks around like even in you know the next movie that we'll talk about like they get into the haunting like right away there's no pacing issues with that at all and yeah it's it, it's very notable in this one like in the first five minutes you see a close-up of the monster dog and it looks horrible but it's hilariously funny and I love it. it. It looks so good. And, you know, honestly, I've seen worse it transformations. Like it does. And I've seen worse transformations in my life. And, like, and I think this movie's fun. I honestly think everything about well, this movie is really the fun. The end stuff's pretty good looking, actually, yeah. I think. The yeah. end transformation stuff's pretty cool. I mean, you got to be honest, though. You have to be a little bit surprised that they even threw in a transformation scene into this movie. You think it'd just do that kind of cut and paste type thing. Yeah. And, right? yeah, especially wasting all the budget on fucking Alice Cooper. <laughs> yeah. It's too bad that like we never got opening. his real voice. Yeah. But when I agree, I hate when that happens. When when the cops show up and they're like, "How's it going, buddy?" Oh, it's you, Vince. <laughs> that whole scene there. And then they give all, these two cops all this character, and then it's like three and a half minutes later, they're just dead. I'm yeah. like, what the fuck was the point of that? Right, right. Like at the, I haven't seen this in a while. I seen this before, but I didn't remember the details. But I literally thought those cops were going to at least live a little bit longer than five minutes. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah they, they basically just tell them that there's a pack of there's a bunch of people getting killed up by these exposition dogs too Expos- all exposition yeah and then they leave and then all of a sudden they're just dead that's it they're done <laughs> it's really funny yeah so oh, there's no there's so much fog there's so much fog in this movie in the opening the whole movie is just atmospheric that's all there is it's just fog machines going through the yeah. whole thing right it's, is it atmosphere or fog moods yeah and is there a difference <laughs> Well, that's uh, fog is atmosphere. I'm just saying they have fog machines going like the I know, whole I thing. It's so good, but you know, honestly, it does look pretty good. It might be the transfer on this too, but like the nighttime scenes look really good, and it just it kind of captures what you're doing and stuff. But you know, I mean, it's it's a 
it's a pretty typical story, to be honest. I mean, you're not really watching this thing for the for the brain busting narrative and shit, but um, I think this movie is a lot of fun, and I think what really makes this movie is the music, though. And I love the beginning of the film, man. Like, but the identity Dude, the crisis. The opening is so ridiculous. The opening because the, the lyrics are so funny. Like, I'm James Bond, and you know, it, it's it's so good. And they're they're like acting out the scenes, and all of a sudden he's Sherlock Holmes, and he's Billy the Kid, and oh, it's fucking great, he's man. He's finding the clues, boots. He's finding he's the clues. Finding the clues. But I love that concept of showing the video inside the movie, and then you're going to make more. I actually it. have to watch it right now while I'm on here. Yeah, it, I it, have to find it. Again. I'm just a big con. I, I love that concept. So I think it re- works really well for what it is and stuff. But um, I knew nothing about this movie. And when I see Alice Cooper, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, it, I feel like that was understated when I heard any, I, I, I didn't. Why would, did we not mention this before we watched the movie? You didn't know Alice Cooper. Know was Alice Cooper was I didn't know. It. No, I didn't know any. I didn't even know I owned this. I was like looking up. Mo- I, I, it was on Tubi. And I was like, man, this transfer fucking sucks. And I was like. Let me see if I can find an HD version or something. And then I was like, I looked at the, I Googled it and I saw the cover and I'm like, I feel like I own that. And I was like, but I, who put it out? And then I was like, was did I get that in a Kino order? And then sure enough, I had to like look, because a lot of my last year titles aren't shelved yet. So I have to look through all these fucking stacks of movies and I'm like, sure enough, I, I owned it. And I actually <laughs> I did that again with Beyond Darkness. I didn't know Scream Factory put that out, and I own that. So, um, but yeah, I was like, "Fucking Alice Cooper's in this shit! What the fuck?" And it was like so fascinating because I'm like, it, it it just felt so weird. This weird Italian director Claudio Ferrazzo, um making a movie in Spain, and Alice Cooper's in it. That just that for, to me that just seems really weird. Yeah, it it does a little bit, man. It kind of made sense though, man, because Alice Cooper was like into this stuff. Like his music was a little bit darker and stuff. Like Welcome to My Nightmare. Yeah, he and likes he, horror movies. And yeah, he's he he, in Prince of Darkness one year later, right? Yeah, and then he goes on to do Prince of oh, Darkness. Yeah, but that's later, like so. Carpenter. He does he does <laughs> you know the theme I mean? song. Like, yeah, but they did cast him as a homeless guy instead of the star. Well, he actually did. <laughs> he I think he kind of collabed with uh, Carpenter on some music and stuff too. And of course, he did the theme song for. Uh, for Freddy Six, right? For uh, or for um, uh, no, Jason, Jason Liz, uh, Jason Liz, Jason, Jason, yes. yeah, Jason Wait, Liz. Isn't he in Elm Street Six too? Yeah, he is in Elm Street Six. He does he's actually the, uh, the stepdad. He's the dad. Yeah, time yeah. to take your old medicine, boy. Yeah. I don't yeah. know why he said that. Six I feel like he says that. Fucking Jason Six Something is my like favorite. That. Is my favorite favorite Friday movie. But anyways, I the love the theme behind song. The mask. My man behind the mask. It's fucking awesome, man. So kind of made a lot of sense, but um, yeah, because McLaughlin was a big cooper fan yeah everybody's a big alice cooper fan alice cooper oh, yeah he's a really likable dude like for I, what I he did. and he's very well respected as a writer and a musician and and everything and he's just he's got all that clout going for him man isn't he in that weird movie attic attic expeditions he is. too yep he is like in that movie is. yep that's a strange movie yeah, he pops up in random things doesn't he because that's like more of an indie yeah. this is like, as random as you can get man yeah, I, I think it's <laughs> it's random. <laughs> I think it's random for who's directing it because it's it's a foreign film. But I think the timing of it was was not really random because he was on his hiatus from the music business and stuff. So yeah, but how the hell did he even get in contact with for girls? So, I, I would like to know I mean? that story. I'd like to know that story. Yeah. <laughs> um, there, you know what's weird is there's some pacing issues in this movie. Like it opens up, you have the kills in the beginning. And there's lots of crazy shit going on, but then it feels like it kind of slows down for like 20 minutes in the mansion at first with the nightmare sequence and everything. 
I always felt like the nightmare Until it eventually picks up at the very end. Yeah, the nightmare sequence is kind of is kind of random because like you know they're just kind of doing their thing in the in the place and you almost forget that the one chick like went to sleep and then all of a sudden it just cuts into like a nightmare sequence. You're like, what the fuck? And why are they all sharing the same fucking bed? Who does that? I know it's weird because like, then when you, you don't re- do that. Right, right. On, that that is a weird one, and then you realize it's a nightmare <laughs> so, sequence. I mean, and you're it's like, all the girls in one bed, even though they're dating like the other guy. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> what doesn't make sense is that that place is massive. It's a fucking massive place, and they're all in the same bed. I'm sure there's yeah. That's rooms. what I mean. Like, yeah, but, and, and yeah. the the old guy who's running around the place, he is like such a generic like old Italian grandpa who's just like, all right, now attack, and he puts his hand up like. Hey. Uh, oh, the crazy Ralph you. character. That I'm a monster. The crazy yeah. Ralph character. <laughs> That like shows yeah. up. And he's how all did, bloody. How did you and shit. feel about that dream sequence though, Moods? Because you hate dream sequences. Well, I'll just put it this way: it feels awkward to me because the placing, like the way it's edited into the film, because like we're in real time, right? They, they're in the they're in the house and stuff and all, and you kind of I don't even remember if they even show her going to bed or not. It just kind of cuts into this dream sequence, and then once it's over, you realize it's a dream sequence. But it's it's awkwardly placed because I don't think you even realize that she's even sleeping, and this is supposed to be a dream sequence. Obviously, what's happening. You know, halfway through, you're like, okay, this can't be happening right now. But uh, yeah, you're not killing all the characters right now. Right, right. So then you realize what's going on. You're like, well, it has to be dream sequence. It's just set up awkwardly. And I think that's the worst thing about that sequence is that it's just set up awkwardly in the film. It just comes too quick in the movie, too, I believe. You know, it's like they're sitting down drinking Dr. Pepper and, and eating chips and shit. And all of a sudden, they're, everyone's dying in a dream sequence. You're like, I kept what the noticing they had one of those big, like, eight packs of uh, mini boxes cereal. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, man. I, yeah. Those, those are the best as you're a little kid. You're like, Ma, can we get these? Like, it's no, a it's variety more pack, Ma. And the, corn, and the corn flakes oh. never got eight because it was the only right, plain yeah, cereal. Like corn flakes corn were just flakes. fucking, you had 18 boxes of those little corn flakes over the house from all the variety <laughs> yeah, packs. Corn flakes yeah. for dad. Dad likes the corn flakes. Don't want the corn Right. <laughs> yeah, that's it, honestly, I like the dream sequence, like what's happening in it. It's just awkwardly placed in the movie. And then it's, it's just kind of, it's almost jarring, put a dollar in the jar. But it's a little bit jarring. I fucking like, hate they just all dream sequences always just feel like a waste of time especially when like all you're doing is telling us about a werewolf well it's like come on yeah i it mean a premonition it was a premonition i know but it's it just feels like it's like uh, it, the well, what it is sequences go ahead what it is it, it's not only a premonition but it's supposed to swage you towards who or what Alice Cooper may or may not be there. It's literally pushing you towards me. Like, Oh, this is what he is, you know, kind of thing and stuff. And I'm just like, okay. Yeah. But I then mean, they it, talk about it in the fucking next scene too anyway, but it just becomes too it, obvious. <laughs> it's just, it, the writing's bad because it becomes way too obvious. Then you're like, well, it obviously can't be Alice Cooper because that just seems ridiculous. Cause they just, they pushed you right over the edge on that whole thing. Like the way it's written is did ridiculous, guys- but did you notice throughout the movie he gets hairier and hairier on his cheeks? Is that on purpose? Like that? Like he has the weird hair on his like I upper cheeks. That, but that and they get. I feel like they get hairier and hairier as the movie goes on, and I just don't know if he didn't shave or I, like they're trying to be like he's turning into a wolf, even though he's not the wolf. It's so. I feel like they're not smart enough for that. But. I thought <laughs> that it was because he wasn't shaving, and I was like, well, they're they're going to use this at an he advantage. Shave on his plot. upper cheeks, though. That's it. I know. That's the only place hair was at. It's weird because <laughs> if they were actually going for the fact that we're going to trick the audience into thinking that uh, that Alice Cooper's the uh, werewolf right now, it's just terrible. <laughs> because like, I mean, come on, man! Like, <laughs> there is that great art where she's staring at the painting and like lightning strikes, and she sees in the 
the corner of the painting, there's a bush and there's a monster dog in the fucking painting. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> She's like, oh shit. <laughs> like, it's like a hereditary thing that followed them throughout their family. Yeah. Oh man, this is a goofy fucking movie. You know it's fun a, though. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. You know, it's a goofy scene. Yeah. So after we get a bunch of that, you know, dream sequence and then it, it slows down a little bit and, and things like that. Um, we get the scene where they're shooting the second video or the, 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 the newer song or whatever. And there's a really awkward scene where the dude gets killed and thrown through the window from the top. Um, yeah. I guess the top part of the house, the way that the thing caretaker is, who doesn't yeah, have any fucking right. Right. Um, it, it's just, it's, it's, I don't know if you guys noticed the way it's edited, but it's edited. So fucking bizarre. It, it's just like almost comically edited and shit. It's just, it's very Italian and it just comes off being very awkward the way they did the scene and stuff. But I don't know. I, I just think that whole thing is bizarre. And then like the way the film progresses after that scene, like everything kind of goes bad shit. The one chick freaks out from the body being dead in the house. And she, she goes off into the field and then Alice Cooper's character, he's, he goes out to find her. And that's when these fucking hillbilly guys show up, you know, wanting to, or they basically take over the house and stuff like that. Um, and one with a clear bald cap. So, you know, what's going to happen to him. Right, right, right. I mean, <laughs> the guy shows up like, Hey, we're the four stunt men you ordered. We're ready to get killed now. <laughs> right. <laughs> you could tell a stunt man from a mile away in these movies. They always have like maybe one. I'm be like, that guy's a stunt guy. He's getting fucked up. <laughs> right, right. But uh, I, I don't know, man. It's so wait, just, what were the what were the, what were what were those guys there for? Those guys were there to kill uh, Alice Cooper because they think that he's the werewolf. Basically, what the backstory is in the film is that those were the dudes that had killed his father, who was cursed by Lycanthropy. So they figured that they fucked up because Alice Cooper's character was a child when his father was killed they figured that they fucked up and that he would have to be cursed also. So that's why they were there. So that's why they took over the house. The only reason I asked that it, I, I feel like an idiot because that's what I thought, but I was reading the Wikipedia page and I thought it said, uh, the, uh, four men con men entered the house or whatever, but it says the four armed men conned their way into the house. So I, at, at first I was like, wait, con men, are they like, they're the wrong <laughs> them or something. They were there to sell them insurance. Yeah, no. Right, but, yeah. <laughs> have you <laughs> We noticed that you haven't extended your warranty. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, Can no. I look at your meter in the basement? We don't have a fucking meter. Get lost. Yeah. Or it, blow your head off. It's that whole it's typical clear. story, man. They got to show up there because, you know, they didn't they didn't finish the job. Because Alice Cooper Even is supposed to be. People were getting killed before he was fucking there. I know the whole narrative actually, and I was just actually going to say that because yeah, the whole narrative actually stupid. Now it doesn't think about it. It doesn't even make any sense whatsoever. Thank you for bringing that up because I was just going to say that. Um, and you know what else doesn't make sense? At the very end, the girl's like, "You're the werewolf." It's like he turned into a werewolf in two minutes, turned back to himself, and didn't rip any of his clothes, lady. Right. <laughs> Right. You fucking, she was losing her mind, but still, you're just like, do some logic here. Yeah, but it could be like a Wolfman werewolf, right? <sighs> Wolfman had clothes too. Mm-hmm. What's that? Clothes were torn. He was, he? Hey, we saw Monster Squad. The only reason he was wearing pants is so he wouldn't see his wolf dork. Right. That's true. They do it so poorly, too. They're like, when all these people are dying and she tries to confront, you're like, yeah, you're the werewolf. You're the werewolf and stuff. And then monster dog. She said, does she say monster dog? It would be better. You're the monster dog. Well, (laughs) I I think that they lean towards the. (laughs) I know you're the monster dog. I know it. 
Dude, they should have just dropped any lycanthrope and and werewolf references and only said monster dog and <laughs> talk about it as if like monster dog was like the, this yeah. long lasting mythological creature that everybody knows about. Wait, <laughs> no, you never heard the monster dog. He was the monster dog because he calm. He was the he was more of the dog whisperer, really. Because all the dogs become calm around him, and she's like, "You're the fucking monster dog. You got to be. Why are they so calm around you? And you're never around when people die." And I love that they weren't all German shepherds. They threw in like a couple fucking other dogs. Like, yeah, <laughs> different like breeds. They got like a great. They got like a greyhound in there. They should have had like a little beagle in there or something. <laughs> like, a <laughs> like a little a Yorkie, a little dog. fucking Yorkie. <laughs> <laughs> no, because those can like those dogs can be mean and vicious, but beagles are fucking just the <laughs> dopey looking. Right. Right. <laughs> Like my border collie, man. She can be fucking nasty too, man. Yeah, she, she got I a lot of dude on her. Though, so. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like the whole third act in this movie is like completely ridiculous. When she keeps like confronting him, like you're the werewolf and shit, and I'm like, oh my god, this is ridiculous. No, she says you're the monster. You're, dog the, you're the monster dog and stuff because <laughs> you're, you're never around. <laughs> when he's clearly no, just like around, and oh man, it's funny. He looks completely like he hasn't even broke a sweat, even though he just killed four people. <laughs> that, that one dude gets killed, I swear, for like an hour. That monster dog <laughs> scraping this dude up for like thirty minutes. They're trying to pull him off, and it's just like to no avail. And they're just like. Just scraping him you know what seems actually awkward so when they leave when they finally leave the house to get into the car and stuff and then they go to start it up and shit and then all of a sudden the that one chick is in the backseat dead with the fucking werewolf and then you know obviously <laughs> like you're thinking to yourself like how the fuck did they get out there like no one noticed that boots did- you mean monster dog right it was it's like so <laughs> awkwardly placed like they just left and went straight out and like how the fuck did they beat like, how did the werewolf get that body in there without? Hey, it was just you weird. mean monster dog? Monster dog, yeah. I keep saying werewolf, but it's just, it's shit like that. It just make it's so nonsensical in the movie. You're just like, okay, but so whenever whenever they hit the the German shepherd with the van and then they smash its head with a rock or whatever, mm-hmm. could you ever fucking do that? Mm-mm. Not a German shepherd. I would I would need a gun to to put it out. Right, like that. That's why I think carrying guns good too because like i i hit a cat once and i was just i did not want i didn't have anything to kill it if it was dying and i just felt so horrible but like i I don't want to see something suffering but i can't kill something with a rock bro like i just could never because you see that in movies all the time and they like kill it with like didn't they do that just step on a german shepherd's head most animals you're gonna step on your head real quick and so you can't you'd be stopping that head for like five minutes man man, my buddy was actually just telling me um, I didn't know this, but um, I guess we were camping with him that weekend. And I guess on the way home, because I hadn't talked to him in like a month after we spent that weekend together and shit. And um, so I was over to his place a couple weeks ago watching the fights. And he was telling me, he's like, oh, dude, man, I didn't tell you. But like on the way back from uh, from Pitka, we fucking hit a deer. And I was like, oh, shit, really? And he's like, yeah, it was fucked up, man. It just came out and kind of clipped the head a little bit. And of course, the deer was still alive on the road, right? So he had to go into his fucking trailer, grab his fucking buck knife and he like fucking held this deer and like cut its throat and shit and just watched it bleed out he said it took forever and he was like he was just traumatized by it because he's never killed an animal like that before and he's like i had to do it and he was like it's brutal dude he said it was there's one if there's one reason to have like handguns or something with you it's that right right because like I, i i can't i don't think i could slit it deer's throat i mean i'm i feel like that would be easier than a rock like rock there's just some brutality about rock it <laughs> like is man rock, because you're crazy it's exactly. very personal too well if you do yeah, the, so does a knife so does a knife well the jugular yeah, but man. i feel like i feel like there's more something like um like humane about the knife? not humane but like uh like history like you know like 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 native americans 
it's like hunting, you know, like like I don't know. You ain't hunting. He said it was very calm. Barbarian, they, I mean, the barbarians use rocks all the time. He said, yeah, it was, but in our culture, he, he you said ain't it, Native American. But, I mean, but we know the culture from the history. No, we don't. I we mean, do, we do because still, we actually I, learn I about ours native, up here. Yeah. yeah, there's, there's uh, like there, this area has a lot. Like uh, some of my friends' great grandparents were Native American. Everybody part. in America is part Native American. I am. I'm not. You suck. <laughs> yeah, he said it was really odd, man. Like he pulled up, like he said it was moving around a little bit on the ground, and then when he grabbed him or grabbed the deer, I don't know if it was a boy or girl, or whatever, but he, uh, like when he slipped the throat, he said it got really calm. And like it took a while. He was still breathing for like ever. It wasn't like thrashing around and like it wasn't a big fucking it wasn't a big scene and shit. It just took a while and then it just kinda like faded away. He said it was fucking sad, man. He was like, That's so crazy. I, like you would expect like the way the movies are, like if you slash someone's throat, it's gonna fucking fight it and it go it's gonna go all chicken on you, right? But it didn't. He said it was like the polar opposite of what he thought was gonna happen, and I was like, Holy shit, crazy. A deer would so. be easier than a dog. I, I would hate doing a dog or a cat yeah. really bad. Yeah, a, yeah. Any domesticated like pet <laughs> is not going to be. Fun. Well, of course, of course. I, w- I wouldn't be happy about any of it though. I don't even. I've heard. I've hit birds before, and I felt like shit. They mm-hmm. just fly right in front of your car. Nah, like, that that's called that. No, me. I I've hit birds, and I'm just like survival of the fittest. Man, natural I hit, selection. I hit baby. a <clears throat> I hit a baby cu- uh, baby or uh, a cub fucking bear one time with my motorhome. That's pretty sad. Yeah, you killed it. We actually don't know because it was it was fucked up because like we couldn't actually pull over like we were on this really narrow road and shit yeah, like that. I wouldn't pull over either. There's gonna be a fucking angry ass mama bear right. mowing you down, right. mauling you. Well, the weird thing is, did is you, like, did you see it in the back or no? I did. The weird thing was, I didn't actually hit it with the front of my motorhome. I actually saw it trying to cross the road and it actually ran into the side of my motorhome and hit the side and then kind of got ran over by the back tire a little bit, but. We're also thinking it might have just been stunned and actually got up and ran away because it wasn't there when we came back, right? So I'm like, eh. I did that with a fox. I, yeah. A fox ran into my car and I saw it laying on the road and I went and turned around and came back and it was gone. I was like, yeah. hopefully that thing lived. Yeah, I hit a fox in my car one time years ago and the same thing happened. I looked behind in my rear view and it wasn't moving. I was like, oh, fuck. And again, I was just coming out of a merge and I couldn't pull over. There was no way to go. I was on a bridge. And I looked back and I actually saw it get up and run away. I was like, holy shit, crazy. I hit, well, a, I f- I hit a goose one. That didn't get a goose. <laughs> I swear it was right in the middle of the road. I gave this guy a ride home from work, and he he was like, "Go this way." And he had like a real raspy voice. So we went this back way, and it was real foggy and stuff. And I was going down, and it was dark because it was second shift. And just right in front of me, all of a sudden, there was this goose just staring in the middle of the fucking road, staring right at me in the headlights. And it just it was like pop. I hit it. I was going like forty five, and the dude was like, "There was a pause." He was like, "Was that a goose?" <laughs> I was like. Yeah, I was like, you think we should go back? He's like, there's no way that thing's alive. I mean, its head was like into the grill. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, I I didn't see it. It was right in front of me before. I couldn't hit my brakes. It was like there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I I may have hit a monster dog before, but I'm not sure. Did it get up? <laughs> yeah, it was gone. Well, speaking did of I, monster did it dog, play man. identity crisis. <laughs> I feel I feel like this movie probably could have used some more of that because actually, again liked the look of the monster dog in the film i they don't really they they, they show what, it really more early monster dog i agree they showed it right at the beginning of the movie and then kind of at the end more or less it's really what you get in this but uh it could have used it a little bit more it really could have actually it's darker than you expect to the ending's pretty dark yeah i, mean, I could not remember the damn 
name of this movie to save my life. I kept typing in devil dog, demon dog. I couldn't remember. There is remember a devil this. dog. Already. I know, there's and there's no a demon, demon dog, dog too. What's demon dog? It's got to be new, isn't it? I don't know. The demon dog. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, I do. It, this one definitely is a mystery because it's, it's kind of obvious like who the actual monster dog is before Alice Cooper gets bit, but... I don't know, man. It, it's definitely a fun movie. I, it, it's not a great movie, narrative-wise, but surprise, me? surprisingly, it is shot pretty well. It looks it looks really good. It yeah, it, it, it has good atmosphere, and you know it, it looks good on, on the screen. Um, narrative-wise, it's a little sloppy, a little messy. I, I don't feel like they had like a great story here, um, and it's kind of simple as well. It's very and Italian. I would like just some more. If if we're gonna call it Monster Dog, like let's just do a little more Monster Dog. Okay, I mean, this is the only movie that has Monster Dogs that control a pack of wild dogs. Yeah, so you get double this, double the trouble. You get a yeah, little. At first, I thought it was a killer dog film. Then I'm like, it's a killer monster dog film, and then I'm like, it's a killer monster dog and dog film. Yeah, it's got like and, this. It's got this, uh, you know, monster dog appeal to, it, and then it's got like this. Um, supernatural type of like what do you what do you call it when it you almost, mind it tricks almost it's almost like, like mind it's tricks into like a fucking haunted house thing by the, by the atmosphere of the house and shit. right right yeah i've never i don't think i've actually ever seen like a monster dog slash werewolf film where werewolves could control packs of dogs and shit it's kind of interesting dracula usually can, controls the wolves right but not the actual werewolf has the ability no. to c- control but other he's animals not a also. werewolf moods he's a monster dog right yeah there's a big difference He's pretty much a fucking werewolf, man. Stupid. I mean, it, we should do top ten. They, uh, they even, we should do top ten monster dog movies. And exp- they actually yeah. do it. They actually even say it in dialogue too, man. Actually, one of the, one of the, there is one part in this movie that's actually kind of cool when they're talking about like how the, it's really windy out and the wind is blowing away the fog, which is exposing the moon, and then that's when all the bad shit happens and stuff. And <laughs> I was like, so yeah, it, it exposes the monster dog. It exposes it because <laughs> because once you can see the moon, that's when all the bad shit happens. Because the moon yeah. gives the monster monster dog more power right and it, just the way it's told and i was like that's ah, actually kind of cool i mean it keeps you interested anyways but you're like okay whatever but but yeah it's uh okay okay the one part in this movie that always confuses me a little bit and i i'd like to hear your guys opinion on it because i always laugh when it happens too and it's towards the end they're still in the house and it's when alice cooper's character vince is standing uh in the house there and all the dogs are calm and he's got the girl there and stuff and then they they leave and the camera pans into him and he breaks the fourth wall and looks at the at the camera i don't remember that at all what Me the fu- what is with that okay you guys don't remember i've always I wondered you <laughs> i've always wondered why they put that into the film because it doesn't really make a lot of sense this movie isn't a fourth wall breaking type well, they movie. wanted this to what? be a franchise kind of like smoking the bandit when he looks at the camera they were like we let's do that but it, it's but it's so it's so like, i can do this maybe it was a mistake it's no it's so it's so purposely set up but it's so nonsensical oh, well, then because, maybe it was because he looks at the camera when he's doing his music videos no they make an actual point of panning in and it's slowly no it's it's on totally purpose but it's so italian nonsensical oh he does he does that a lot he does that like stop on a face and pan in so much in yeah. uh night killer <laughs> but this yeah, one but is, that's a common italian thing like but, in the beyond like when joe the plumber walks in they like right. stop and, and go to his face and then zoom on him when somebody says everybody looks guilty and faulty right. in italian movies like right they zoom in on their face and you think he's bad 
but this one is like it's a weird yeah, scene because yeah, it's, it's like a red hair you know effect. it's not like he's being introduced or anything it's towards the end of the movie and it's trying to lead it's trying to persuade you to go somewhere else but you know at this point I'm, I'm pretty sure you're still you're most likely convinced that he's not the monster dog but it's weird because that was probably tricky be, into thinking he is the monster dog maybe I but i mean it's for. i don't know man it, it, but it still doesn't make sense to break the fourth wall it's not that type of movie to really break the fourth wall but it's, it's an awkward moment does looking at the camera automatically break the fourth wall he's he smirks he looks directly into it and kind of gives it a smirk and and the way the only way i could ever explain it away i was like in his mind you know he's making a video or something like that and i'm like but then why would there be this camera when you're not actually making a music video i'm like it's fucking nonsensical it really is it's not even it's not even nightmare logic it's just nonsensical fucking it's monster dog it's logic. monster dog logic yep yeah, yeah it's you monster can't dog. understand it it's the, it's like nightmare logic monster dog logic it's the next level it's the nightmare fuel <laughs> that, we that, all need that's definitely a new yeah, thing it's like this. you know how there's like seven circles of hell there's like seven circles of monster dog. logic and monster dog. Monster dog logic. <laughs> monster dog. <laughs> I love it, man. That's awesome. Don't you because think logic... fuckers just make this shit up like that? Right. Nightmare <laughs> logic makes sense to us, but now monster dog is a whole different level of nonsensical shit, man. Oh, man. It's what we call for Gaza logic is monster dog logic. Yeah. yeah it, it's, we can probably use that one in the next review, too, because yeah, yeah, there, there's a lot of zombie get a gun. It's There's a lot of logic, monster bro. dog logic in the in Beyond Darkness for sure, but I I just I was so, kind of hoping you guys remember that part because I've always wondered I'm like the fuck is with that scene it's strange to me but and we gave you the best answer we could give you it's a red herring effect in monster dog no logic. it's monster dog logic no it's not red hair it's monster dog <laughs> red herring like in the last like there's like three minutes left in the movie. <laughs> That's awesome. There's, <laughs> literally, there's literally like three minutes left in the movie. We're going to give some more red herrings here with three minutes to go in the movie. Yeah, it's kind of fucked up, but um, I don't know, man. I don't really have anything else to say. Yep, I'm done. We talked way longer about this movie and hitting dogs in the road than anybody else ever has. Right. Yep. Right. Okay, so let's get into ratings. Uh, JP, you go first. Uh, What the hell did I rate this? Um, I liked it, but... Wait, Dave doesn't like when I do this. Okay. Uh, I don't give a shit. I was just kidding. <laughs> I only said something because you said it to me. You're like, say so. I was like, it's going to be the same thing. It's going to no, be all Dave, monster it dog logic. You being a jerk. That's the history. It's going to be all monster, the dog monster dog logic. logic. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I gave it a seven. Feels a bit high, but I feel like I, I feel like I'm going to stick with that. Dave. Seven. Exactly where I am. Yeah, I'll stick with my seven rating also um the music alone gives it that so props rouse finding the clues yep finding the clues <laughs> Maybe man. i wasn't high on it then. <laughs> i'm shooting bad dudes that part is so terrible Dude. when he's in the belly the kid i love i'm shooting bad dudes. i love the fact that like alice cooper was asked and he said like three weeks later he had these songs done and this is what he comes he probably thought these songs were fucking terrible and like whatever because like look at the lyrics man i mean they're pretty cheesy not gonna lie they are what? but it works perfectly for the film man and like <laughs> Oh, no, I love it, man. But anyways, that is Monster Dog from 1984. Two shots. And now, things are really getting hairy. All right, getting into the second film here. And this one is from the 90s. We're into the 90s already. Is this already. the one you picked? Or did you pick Monster Dog? I picked Monster Dog. This is Dave's pick. Yeah, this is the only one I haven't seen. 
Yeah, <laughs> so we jump from 84 into the 90s. Yes, the the dark ages of the Italian cinema, I guess, or the complete downfall, but um, there just wasn't a lot. Uh, with uh, Beyond Darkness, also known as La Casa 5. You know, I was actually... La Casa. I was watching, re-watching this movie last night again, and I was actually thinking about it, and I was like, you know what would be really funny to do, JP? We've the almost reviewed series. every movie in the La Casa series on different episodes. It would be funny to just do like a like a compilation. A mashup. Yeah, just put all of them together and be like, yeah, this is our La Casa fucking review <laughs> series. <laughs> I don't so know. So what we- are they? Evil Dead 1 and 2, what else? Uh, Ghost House, Witchery, This Is Five, and then House and House Two. So, no, okay. no, House Two and Three. Oh yeah, you're right. House Two and Three. House which, One which, <laughs> wasn't good enough to be in the Lacasa series. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a, it's random choices in there. There really is some random choices. But house Three, dude. House Three sucks, man. It, it's also known as the horror show for people that know it's it as the not horror that show. bad. I actually really don't like that movie, man. I, I'd rather watch. Shocker I don't blame any day. you, but I don't think it's that bad. Yeah, I, I just don't like it. I, you're right. It's not a bad movie. I just don't like it for some. No, reason. it's probably a bad movie. I just don't hate it. <laughs> it probably is. <laughs> like, I, mean, like, I think I the only thing good about you know it I mean? is Lance Hendrickson's in that movie, isn't he? I think. He's, oh, Brian James is great in it. Yeah, he does the same fucking thing he does in a uh, crime wave. He's like, <laughs> right. All right, so this movie, Beyond Darkness from 1990, is starring uh, Brandon David Brandon, which I always remember from um, from Delirium, from Lamberto's Bava's Delirium, and uh, he was also stage fright and stage fright. Yeah, I think he's the I think he's the bad guy in in uh, Delirium, isn't he? He's the killer in that one, I think. I never saw Delirium. Yeah, I think I think he is. I, I you know. Too many movies. I, I just remember uh, his face from the movie. He has one of those faces where if I was ever to cast, like he has the bad guy face. Oddly enough, he's playing a priest in this, which I guess is kind of the same thing. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, fuck priest. Getting into a quick little synopsis. A, a minister <laughs> and his wife move into a haunted house. And that's it. That's all they wrote here. What's a longer one? Oh, it's the same one. <laughs> nice. This movie has so much going on. Like, I don't think that that's an accurate description. This movie can be categorized and you know, it would be nice to even, I guess you could throw a little bit of nightmare logic in there, monster dog logic in there. But like, honestly, yeah. a lot of the shit that's happening in this movie is kind of just straight up nonsensical. And it's very much like Claudio Fergrasso in general, because if you look at a lot of the movies that he wrote and stuff, he always has weird shit in his movies that completely doesn't make sense. And I always feel like we need to talk about the connection between the opening scene in this movie basically starts out with, um, with uh, David Brandon's character, he plays a priest and he's uh, doing the last rites for a serial killer that's about to get executed um, by the prison, by the state. And she confesses to him that, you know, she was proud of killing all these children and stuff. And she de- she devoured all their souls and all the kids' souls are inside her body. And, and when they so execute she's Freddy Krueger, right? Yeah. So pretty much she's Freddy. It's yeah. And, um, and we'll see that again. Yeah, exactly. Right. And, you know, she's, about to get executed and stuff and then she's very proud of this because she's going to be taking these souls back to hell or she's proud that she's being executed she's like hey, basically do me a favor kind of thing so ultimately she gets executed and then we jump into the main story which is um you know this uh this father um and his family move into this haunted house which is actually yeah, but then we see, we see all the children <laughs> oh like... yeah yeah i guess you get you get a you get a glimpse of father see and then that, that's where the story is like so bizarre is like she gets executed and all of a sudden he father george is basically being haunted by her 
And then we get this very odd, like it's almost like Freddy 2 scene where these kids are on the bus and stuff like that. And actually the opening scene of this movie even feels like that nightmare logic of like Freddy 2 also. And I've always said that the beginning of this movie feels like Freddy 2. And then you get the the scene where he's kind of has this vision of, or does he have a vision of her and the kids on the bus, which again feels like Freddy 2. And then it has the Freddy elements of her gobbling up the souls and stuff like that. And, and it's funny too, because he's a normal person. And then once the shit happens with her being executed, all of a sudden he's like this alcoholic, he's like drinking on the streets and he's all like fucking totally torn up about it and stuff. Around yeah. Fucking New Orleans. It, it, Is this New Orleans? This one takes place in New Orleans, right? Probably. Yeah. And, um, so, any, like it. so anyways, th- this priest and this family move into this, uh, into this house, which by chance, not by chance is actually built on the massive grave site of 20 witches that were burned to the stake by the Catholic church back in 20 back in Fucking the fu- 20 back in the days when, you know, the, the church used to just go ahead and execute everybody for witchery because everybody apparently was actually a witch. But in this movie, they actually do. They actually even tell you that some of the people, some of the women that were burnt at the stake were actually burnt innocently. And so basically the short long of this guy being there with his family, he was kind of sent there purposely by the church to um, kind yeah, of, which makes no fucking sense. kind of right the wrongs. Basically it's, it turns into a good versus evil type story, but he was there for a purpose sent there by the head of the church to kind of right the church's wrongs, you know? It's, yeah. But yeah, the thing that doesn't make sense about that is they don't tell him. They're just like, he all of a sudden he gets haunted, and then they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, we oh. sent you here on purpose. Absolutely. And, and, and like, that old uh, priest is such okay. a coward. Absolutely. They go ask him for help, and he's like, I'm old. It's like, you should go then, because if yeah. you die, no one cares. You're old. You've already yeah. lived your life. Go help old man and die. <laughs> it's almost like the priest knew that, like, oh, if, if I send this family there, they're going to be haunted and stuff like that. Like, you, it, like, it's totally not working out like that. But He didn't want to deal with it. Right. Fucking, so this but, movie, this movie reminds me of the, the visitors too, from 1988, the one where they move into that house and it's fucking all haunted and weird and shit. There's some right. in the attic. Right. I mean, every haunted house movie is the same movie, right? But you got to get poltergeist too. Yeah. It's poltergeist. This, this it's, is it's definitely a poltergeist exorcist ripoff type thing. Amityville. It's got all those type of elements and all in like, yeah. it's got even the Freddy elements. It's got so many things in here and stuff, but you got to give Fla- Claudio Fragasso credit for like not having slow pacing and building up these characters and stuff. Like they're not even fully unpacked and there's already hauntings happening with the little girl. <laughs> like it happens so quick in this movie. It's ridiculous. You're just like, what the fuck is happening? All this lights coming through the walls and the, and the kids like staring and like, what's going on it's and shit. Goopy too. Yeah. And you, it, you know how it does the nightmare on Elm street thing where you do the latex push against the wall. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just so quickly progressed and you're just like, holy shit. Like there's no time to even literally unpack. Right. It's, this, you, you, you know how there's always that like, um, cliche where people, when they talk about haunted house movies, where they're like, why don't the people fucking leave the house? These are the movies they're talking about mm-hmm. because it's like the first, the, like the first night they're there, like so much shit happens and then they just don't do anything. I think the guy, I think the father actually even says at one point that they probably should leave. But then I think that's around the point when David and Brandon's character, like father George shows up and stuff. I think it's after that. I don't even really understand how the fucking woman who was put to death has any connection to the house. Was okay. She, uh, like, okay. So was, was she one of the people killed? The 20 people killed? She couldn't have been. She was executed no, no, no. in the fucking Oh, prison. you're talking about the, the, the woman in the prison. Yeah. The yeah. only way I can even see how it's related is the, the, the fact that she was connected to father George by the confession. And when father George shows up at the house, I'm assuming that she comes there and, you know, because she's in hell and apparently 
the the gate there is a gateway to hell in that house and stuff so she was already in hell after being executed and then she came through hell and came through that door and she was already kind of haunting father george and stuff like that's the only way i can kind of explain it pure nonsense how would the fucking priest know that exactly it's all nonsensical that's that's what i was saying off the top (laughs) of this review sent him there goddamn monster dog oh yeah no it is monster dog logic no it's not even this is nonsensical but the only way i would try to explain it is that (laughs) The fact There's that no difference, she but. shows up. Yeah, exactly. She shows up after Father George gets there. And she obviously had that connection with him because he had seen her after she was executed with the kids on the bus. I love bus. that Moons knows his name. Yeah. I just, re- I just remember because it's like, it seems like every father's name is Father George or Father Peter or something like that. It's like it, Father John. It, they always have the same names. It's hilarious, but... But that's there's the only way jo- I can explain it. There's a George, it Peter, and John in this movie too. But the short and long of that whole narrative part is that there is no direct connection between the serial killer and the 20 witches that were burnt by the, by the church. Unless you know, she's like a years. reincarnate of one of them. Or she's some not shit. though. She's not. She's herself. She, she's just the returned from hell. Put to death. she returned from hell. And because I, the way I, the way I see Claudio Fagrasso trying to explain this is that she was the one that was on earth, you know, gobbling up children's souls, went to hell. And then that's why when she shows up in this through the gates of hell, they're trying to get that fucking kid there. She's trying to take that soul too. And shit. And that's the only connection I can come across. Why? Do you know, this is actually know. one of the seven gates of hell movies along with gates of hell and beyond. Honestly, and everything has cemetery. Yeah. This, this is, is La Casa five gates of hell, seven zombie eight. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> I mean, honestly, everything that's happening with, things with the gates of hell and, and the, the the children and the possession and stuff like that. None of this shit makes any fucking sense, man. If this came out today, it would be Amityville. See, why would you, what? Like, I don't understand. Like if they're, if they can come through the Amityville gates and stuff, Father why George. wouldn't they just take the kid's soul? Like, why would they possess it? And like, why does an exorcism have to take place and stuff, which is a total rip up. Obviously the exorcist is like got the holy water on the kid's face and it's all burning and shit. And I'm just like, Oh my God. But so like all that guy sh- in this movie has no character, right? Yeah. He's a shell. Yeah. I'm not talking about David Brandon, but Father George, the main guy, he's he's obsolete. Has no, no passion in his eyes. I think Peter's the main guy. Father Peter. Father George is yeah. David Brandon's character. <laughs> he knows both their names. Uh, I've seen this movie three times this year, and like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know why I keep watching it because I'm I'm totally drawn to this nonsensical monster dog logic in these movies, and it drives me fucking nuts, man. Like, and we talk about the fact that the, was better the girl's name it. is Carol. Carol Ann. Oh, right. Ann, I'm yeah. like, come on. Right. <laughs> you ain't trying now. All done purpose. It's all done purposely. Yeah. Yeah, this is a combination of like six different movies just mashed into one. It really is. And it still doesn't make any fucking sense. The, this, the story is literally so much monster dog logic that I, it, you can't make sense of it. But I will <laughs> no. say this. No. It actually is kind of scary. Like, the, like... I thought that the way that they do like the black things and behind the walls and stuff like that was actually really good. And it's like stupid kind of, but it's like whenever the, that shit's going down, you're like, holy shit, this is crazy. No, it is true, man. It's got really good atmosphere and it's got creepy moments and shit, man. And it never lets up, does it? It really doesn't. No, let it's up entertaining to, as hell. It, like for a 92 minute movie, which is pretty normal. It is a lot of just pure entertainment. Like it never really falters itself. And like a lot of people complain, well, there's no character development. You need character development in a fucking movie that's like mashed up between Freddy, Poltergeist, fucking Amityville, and all these actresses and shit. You don't need any of that shit, man. We you don't just, want their character. You need atmosphere. They suck. You need atmosphere, monster dog logic, and just a bunch of fucking just crazy shit going on. 
And that's all I'll say because it's just a bunch of crazy shit, really. <laughs> right? So I feel like the little boy has some really silly dialogue, but I can't remember any of it. I remember watching it and laughing at it. Like, it was so stupid. Oh, dude. Everything the kid says is, is ridiculous. You know you know what I like? <laughs> the fucking black swan part. This, every time. Okay. Like I said, I've seen this oh, like yeah, three times this year. There's all that shit there. They're like, well, I thought it was supposed to be a white swan. I don't like black swans. And actually, biblically, they're actually black swans and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, my God. Seriously. But like when I saw the when I saw the swan the first thing i thought it was billy madison <laughs> hey swan <laughs> he's screaming at the swan and shit i'm just like oh my god remember when he gets the nudie magazine day and there's one that's like women over 80 yeah <laughs> and he's like <laughs> swan <laughs> oh, let's just review billy madison right right <sighs> oh, how about shit. the um the clock radio or the radio or whatever attacking them like first, first it he turns it off and it comes back on. And he unplugs it and then it starts like going at him. <laughs> so stupid. Yeah, the fly meat cleaver and shit. Like, oh man, that's some Evil Dead shit. That's that, that's the Lacasa right that, there. Right there, that's man. The Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the Lacasa moment. That's where they're like Lacasa. <laughs> I just got the movie back and they're like, I just totally Lacasa right here. This movie always so makes says me- right here. You have a movie called Beyond Darkness. La Casa. <laughs> no, no, this this can't be a La Casa movie, sir. This is not a La Casa movie. The, none of these movies. La Casa. Uh, <laughs> all right, it's La Casa Five then. You know, the, the, this movie to me is like completely non. Or it's 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 so hypocritical though too when it comes down to like ugh, typical fucking Catholic bullshit. Where it, there's actually a line in the movie where Father Peter says like he's like oh, I don't believe in any of this haunting shit. I don't believe in this. De- this is not. I'm kind of paraphrasing obviously, but he's talking about how he doesn't believe in, in the, in the demons and, and, you know, the hauntings. He doesn't really want to accept that it's happening and shit like that. And I'm like, wait a minute. Like if you believe in God and heaven, you have to believe in the devil and hell and shit like that. I'm like, it's, it's just writings like that that always drive me nuts and stuff. Try to use logic on the Catholic religion moods. I'm just saying, but he clearly says (laughs) it in the movie. And I'm just like, you know, sometimes you can imply that they're not really believing this shit and stuff. But he like clearly says it in dialogue in this movie. I'm just like, Oh my God, that's so ridiculous. Of course you believe in hell. If you believe in heaven, something weird's going on. Yeah. But you know, it's, it's very typical of the church. And I always thought it was maybe kind of a rip on him too, because I'm like, it comes down to this whole good versus evil thing. And where you have to basically, you know, fight off the temptations of things. And I'm like, what do you mean? The priests, they raped little boys all the time in real life. They never fucking fought off any temptations for that shit. So again, it's Stop just moving every shot, priest man. into like a couple of, I'm assholes. telling you, man, they didn't, they didn't beat off the temptations in real life. So I mean, I don't know how the fuck they did it in this one because it seemed pretty damn tempting, man. It seemed pretty tempting, but uh, you say, what was tempting? Uh, no, to turn over to the devil at the end. I don't know if you were talking about that. Yeah. 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 He was, he was close. That monster dog logic is affecting brain. No, there's literally a part where there's, where the, where the fucking old priest is like, he's like, fight it, fight the temptation, fight the temptation. And he almost turned over. That's a die from the, the, he like falls down. Does he have like a heart attack or something? Uh, I, I think, think I think so. Yeah, I think that's what he does. But I yeah, I remember it. But it's, I, it always makes me laugh when they're like, fight the temptation. I'm like, no priest has ever fought the temptation. They just do what the fuck they want to do because they'll just cover that it up after. That guy wouldn't even leave his goddamn church because he was such a baby. He was like, no, I'm too old. You know, it would have like, made more sense if he was all crippled and shit, but this guy was just a lazy piece of shit. He just didn't want to have to go and deal. <laughs> he just didn't want to have to go and deal with all that bullshit. And like, and, and like you're com- Grandpa Joe Jr. over here. You're like completely right. Who the fuck sends this guy to go fix the church's problems and not even tell him about what's going on and shit? He's like, well, you know what? I'm pretty damn sure if he gets there, they're just going to start 
their haunting's gonna start and then he's gonna have to fix everything you know it's like if they would have called him up and invited him to a, a fucking candy factory he would have been there <laughs> so what, what, what i'm saying man there's a lot of damn fiction in this movie too much fiction you know considering they're trying to keep well, it real I with the catholic church realistic, honestly <laughs> it's all monster dog logic and in, in reality right yeah it's all swahili to me oh man but I will say, man, the chick that plays the, um, the child killer and shit, when she comes back, like, fuck, she looks pretty, pretty good. Yeah, it's good, man. It, it, she looks creepy as shit, man. She's creepy. She's a factor. She's the best part of the movie, probably. But the, and David Brandon's pretty decent, too. Yeah. I think that she came back as, like, it's kind of weird, though, because, you know, the house is built on a, on a you know, a massive grave of witches and stuff. But she kind of comes back as a witch, like a witch look. It's weird. I don't know. I don't really understand that whole thing. I guess when, when she got sent to hell... They, she came through as a witch. Uh, I don't fucking know. <laughs> I no Monster dog logic because she came back looking like a fucking totally different person, like a witch. It's just strange, but but I will say though, entertaining from top to bottom. That's what counts in this. Yeah, I, you, I agree. I think this one is definitely a title that is a fun one to like just throw on with other people. I mean, I, I know that's people say that a lot, but how often do you do it? I know moods probably does it more than me, but like if I would have played this in front of my friends, we probably would have had a laugh and a half with this one. Yeah, dude, it's, it's a perfect beer drinking movie and you know, it's something you don't have to pay attention. I mean, even if you are fully invested in this, you're a hundred percent watching the narrative. You're it still doesn't make sense. So you don't actually have to watch this movie with your friends. You can just have it on. And still have as much fun with it that way as if you were watching it, you know, trying to take in everything and review it. All <laughs> I know the same is this way. movie. This movie inspired me for next year's Italian horror director. Who are you picking? I'm picking. I'm picking Fabrizio Fabrizi Laurenti. What did he do? I know he the did name. La Casa Four. <laughs> Witchery crawlers. No, we're it, not it, doing crawlers. Oh, contamination crawlers, seven, motherfucker. Contamination. Put the room next door. Three titles. There you go. What's the room ne- next door? Yeah, what it's is that? Nineteen ninety four Giallo. Really? Well, let's just watch that now. I'm not watching that twice, so I'm gonna have to. I'm not watching. If I watch it for '94, I am literally not watching it again. I'm just gonna go off. And I'm sure you don't have to actually watch it twice. You, you can probably just review it a year later. Yeah, just re-listen to your review. <laughs> just, just take notes and just use your notes like a year later and be like, uh, yeah. Or, or just pick? skip it for '94 and fucking do it on the. Yeah, no, how about it's gonna make my top ten? Right. I don't know. I never heard of it, but it, on Letterboxd it has a couple of positive reviews. <laughs> I've heard of it actually. Only when I was looking up 94 movies. Hmm. It has a total of like <clears throat> under, it has about 15 reviews, 15 ratings. I can't believe you're making me watch fucking witchery. <laughs> Why? I like witchery. It's, David, it's David Hasselhoff, man. And yeah, Linda Blair. And Linda Blair. You guys ever see that video when he was pissed drunk trying to eat a Wendy's hamburger and he kept falling down and his, his daughter was filming him? Man, I've been That's there so many up. times. Fuck. No, she was trying to get him sober. I, I genuinely felt bad for him. He he wasn't like an asshole when he was drunk. He just was trying to eat this hamburger, and it was sad. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I don't know if that's who I'll pick, but I just I got inspired there. But um, what, you're not going to pick that hamburger that he was trying to eat. It's a pretty good. Choice. I could go for a hamburger right now. Did you put cheese on it. Of course. Gotta have cheese on the burger. Um, got anything else on this one? I don't think so. I got nothing else. I don't have anything else. I absolutely have nothing else. 
I tried to explain away the monster dog logic. <laughs> yeah, you you remember you made it a fair attempt at it. It, it doesn't well, make any sense. Well, I mean, like it, I said, the, the two all... different supernatural occurrences yeah. somehow matched together because well, David Brandon and Peter George, I mean Peter George, fucking Father George and Father Peter had like, like some sort of brotherhood at the the like <laughs> mission, uh, wherever they fucking were. But then, like, their horrors come together or something like that. And they're never well, showed at the church together beforehand. Yeah. Well, like like I said, I said, you know, Father <clears throat> Father George's connection with the serial killer, that he has that direct connection with her. He's at the house. And the other connection is she went to hell. And this house actually has the one of the gates to hell in it. So that's, Does it even say that in the movie? I don't even remember that. It, yeah, they, they talk about this being, like, one of the... <clears throat> it's like a gate to hell or something like that. And, hey, because the, the church uh, kind of created it i think they're implying that they created it because of what the what they did with you know basically killing off innocent people so, that room so next you're telling movie. me i can make a gate to hell if i just kill like 20 innocent people well, well I, they would have to be witches gotta be actual witches too though yeah so Fuck. apparently some of them were guilty but more were actually innocent and it just created some madness it created a gate to hell man that's what you do so when you is kill the off ones that people. are like coming back the, the ones that too, were witches right? or the ones that weren't we don't know I'm assuming that they were all bad because why not? If you got killed for no reason, basically for being innocent, wouldn't you be a little pissed off and want to raise some hell? Literally. (laughs) So, yeah, but I'm going to go after the people that did it to me, not some random fucks living in the house. (sighs) True. True. You should be going right after the Catholic church. Their hands are tied. They can only get at the people in the house. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the gate only leads into the house. Maybe they can't leave that area. I don't know. This movie didn't think this far ahead. I don't Mont- know that chick was out in the fucking prison. Or wait. She was. I'm not 100% okay. sure that was actually in reality. I think that might have been a fucking vision that he had out in the streets. <laughs> she, now we're throwing more fucking well, theories got, on top of this. The only, why, the only reason why I, I'm not going to throw monster dog logic on this is because he was kind of cracked out in the street by drinking his Jack Daniels or whatever he was drinking. He might have been just. He was just going up to strangers. First of too, all, you, know you don't throw monster dog logic on anything. It throws <laughs> it on itself. <laughs> right hey my bad this is more i apologize for using monster dog logic in the wrong sense my bad the the room next door um that movie you're talking about is aka the bitter chamber and it's supposedly a remake of uh poopy uh poppy or whatever fucking house with the windows that laughed you guys like that movie right yeah i really remake of it house of laughing windows yeah that's a good one i need a fucking blu-ray release interesting why are you looking that up right now because I have nothing else to say about <laughs> Beyond the Darkness. Okay, well, it, it's your rating. You can go first. Six and a half. I laughed, but I don't know what the hell's going on. But it never. Uh, it's not boring. I'm 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 in a seven. I'm going to stick with my seven. I gave it a six, and, and that's a lot of like the plot is stupid as shit. But it is entertaining. It is. Yeah, it is very entertaining. No downtime so yeah that pacing pacing can make or break a movie that's stupid <laughs> i agree all right so that is going to conclude beyond darkness from 1990 hey bud what happened to your clothes i got molested in the little boy's room all right so getting into the third and final review here on episode 217 claudio Fagrasso. also from 1990 we have night killer also known as, I believe, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3 or something like that. Accurate. 
yeah, yeah three yet. so this came out the same year and they kind of banked on that as italian <laughs> cinema or promoters or whatever always do it's just it's so ridiculous because if you actually took this as a legit sequel to texas chance you'd be like what the fuck this has nothing to do with anything <laughs> so it makes even less sense than part four it makes less sense than the la casa series combined right there's there's no connection whatsoever so if you ever see that shit r- rowing around is nothing to do with tcm3 all right so synopsis like a serial killer with a rubber like freddy cougar mask terrorizes the city of virginia beach so yes we should mention off the top bruno matai is actually an uncredited uh, director in this because he was hired on by the producers i think we mentioned this earlier in the show to shoot some extra scenes for this movie uh, that Claudio yeah, Fagrasso. I know the opening scene oh, was gotta, all reshot. It's got to be. They probably just added that whole thing in there. Um, well, you kind of needed something because if that wasn't in there, we'd start off pretty late with the kills. Right, stuff, right, right. Yeah, it is. It is so true. So yeah, he was kind of hired on to add in a couple more kills and some gore scenes and stuff. But uh, he's definitely on credit. But you can pretty much tell the scenes that were added into this. Claudio Fagrasso was not very happy about it. He wanted this movie to be strictly a psychological thriller. Um, he was not happy about the added gore and kills and stuff, so we'll just kind of note that. But uh, and, and they don't match very well either because like they'll get killed and like he'll rip out their heart and then I'll cut to it in the news and they'll be like another victim was raped and murdered and we're like nobody got raped. Where was the rape? I yeah, know. was it was it post mortem rape? Like what's going on? I, here? I think it might be, but like that no. wax scene might have been kind well, of it's, a rape. Actually, it, it's it's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be because they actually mention it later in the film about how he rapes his victims and then murders them. So yeah, but but it doesn't make any sense. Uh, no, the beginning doesn't make sense actually. And no, you can tell is, it, they do it all, all the murders. Case though. of you can tell it was shot monster after. dog logic. Well, yes. you can tell no. this was definitely added into it because they fucked up on what the narrative was. Anyways, it was a killer that raped and murdered his victims in the opening scenes that Brendan Tyshaw are just straight up murder gore scenes. You know. So so okay, the first five minutes of this movie, the first time I ever watched it. I was watching it and I know Italian cheesy cinema and I was like, is this supposed to be a mask or is this guy a burn victim? I really didn't know. Dude, no, right. We were talking about that because I was like, wow, this is either like a really shitty looking mask or a really good practical effect. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, this is the goofiest movie of the three and I don't even know how that's possible. You know, it's it, the it, most over the top acting. It's funny because this movie is supposed to be like dead serious and is supposedly supposed to be based on a real case of <laughs> a girl. Like apparently this was actually a news thing where this woman actually was, um, she was a victim of a rape and got away or some shit like that. And then ended up having um, the trauma induced amnesia where she didn't really remember anything. And she actually I feel went like, I think, I don't believe in that in real life. So, well, it's actually, it's actually technically amnesia. Like split personalities disorder. It's like, I don't know about that. Trauma. I don't, I, I don't believe in amnesia. Oh, like, tra- n- trauma, trauma, and injury, amnesia, trauma induced amnesia actually is a real yeah, thing. Don't believe in it. Well, it's actually a real thing. I actually <laughs> I don't know. Care. I don't believe in it. Okay. Well, I actually know somebody that had real. it. I don't believe it. I don't buy it. They're faker fakerson. They're fake. They're fakertons, is what they are. Dude, it's basically <laughs> just caused when when something so traumatic happens to you, you just. Yeah, just, I get. He understands that. He just doesn't it. think it's real. Yeah, yeah okay. I don't think it's real. Well, it is. Um, but anyways, <laughs> this girl that you know, she went to the nut house or whatever, not the nut house, the hospital and stuff, and got out, and then was actually. Um, are we not supposed to say nut house? I don't know. Well, the, the hospital because she was a victim. I mean, and stuff. I always. 
the crazy I, I, don't I feel know. like that would probably always be refer to a, it as the nut house but anyways yeah, no that would definitely be an offensive term gets You're out calling a bunch of people nuts so get this out of the hospital. Well, what do you call it? What do you call it? The <laughs> the psychi- oh, the psychiatric psychiatric ward, the psychiatric whatever. Hospital. So she yeah, leaves the hospital and then gets pursued by the same person. It turns out this person starts harassing her more that had done this, and she had no idea. So, so anyway, that's, that's kind of the, that's kind of the short and long of this case uh, or of this movie. That's what the premise is supposed to be. Of it, we um, call it the yo-yo farm instead. The yo-yo farm. <laughs> you know uh, the, 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 okay the problem is with this movie is not how the movie progresses itself it's fine it's when you get the reveal and then you think back on everything that happened leading up to that reveal you're like what the fuck why would this even happen man why would some of this shit even happen it wouldn't it wouldn't happen because it's Excuse so me? it's so ridiculous it's so it would <laughs> dude the bathroom scene i call him bathroom boy i'm like oh my god it's so stupid but i got molested in a little boy's room this movie has really odd editing so our main character which i believe is named melanie so yeah so after we get these opening murders and stuff it cuts to this character and then she has an interaction with this uh this mask gloved killer uh she survives the attack she gets to the hospital and stuff and then all of a sudden Wait, is that is that the scene where she takes out her boobs and is like yeah. giving herself confidence? Yeah, and then also like and then she had yeah, I know that I mean like I even have it in my notes and like it's pretty awesome that Melanie can't even talk to her mirror without showing her tits. <laughs> Dude, it's such <laughs> a weird it's such a Who weird out of nowhere scene <laughs> and it just feels like like it, it is as like gratuitous as you could possibly get, right? There's no yeah. There's no reason for it unless you filter in the monster dog lo- logic and say, well, the reason why she was showing her tits was to give the killer a motive to go in there and do what he was doing and stuff like that because he's supposedly supposed to be stalking and watching her, right? Hence why he breaks in and does what the fuck he does, kind of thing. Yeah, but how would he know? He would have had to been there. Exactly. It, it, it doesn't make any sense. Well, unless you're peeping Tom, right? Peeping Tom sit around and wait for something to happen too, right? It's not always just by chance. But it's oh, she's naked too. Yeah. But it, this movie has the oddest editing. So the scene happens and then she's at the hospital and then all of a sudden she's like outside of the hospital being pursued in her car. <laughs> It's like it doesn't really explain that she got out of the hospital. Nobody's following her. Nobody's checking if she's okay. Right, right. She has no keepers. Her kid's staying with another family. Yeah. And it's like, why did they let her out of the hospital? I'm like, and, and, because when they but show her. we know her why they co- did now. Well, yeah, they explain the, it later the on. Ending. They explain because it later. Because the dumbest fucking ending in movie history. But they explain like it. it. But it's funny because, like I said, she's in the hospital after this horrific thing happens to her. And all of a sudden she's being she's being fucking pursued by this dude in this jeep and stuff and he's all drinking being aggressive and stuff and then and then we have this peter who we we have this really awkward scene where this guy basically tracks her down into this into this hotel and stuff and then she goes into the bathroom and then she pulls a gun on him and then she makes him strip and she get that at right well for protection i know because she supposedly just left the hospital you you leave the hospital they give you a gun Right. That's why America that is such a problem. This is, is where it the, only the nut house ones. It's <laughs> only the yo-yo farm. They give you a gun. <laughs> this is where Population the population movie... control. Okay, that whole bathroom <laughs> scene is utterly the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. It's so fucking stupid because, and then once the reveal happened, you look back on this, you're like, "Okay, this is ridiculous." But he, what's he, you, wait, wait, the dialogue in these scenes is priceless. When she's like, "Why don't you reach in there and grab?" He's like, "In the toilet." <laughs> no, the dialogue gets better in the hotel room, but. 
So anyways, okay, this is where the narrative really takes the fucking total shit turn because it really doesn't make any sense to what they're trying to explain later on and stuff. So ultimately after the scene happens in the hotel, she makes her way down to the beach. We cut to her on the beach and now she's trying to commit suicide. She's got a bunch of pills. She's got a fucking bottle and she's got a a gun and stuff. And she's trying to hide the pistol. She's yeah, I know she's, she's got a fucking gun and she's trying to kill herself with pills. So anyways, (laughs) he finds, he finds her at the, at the beach somehow. Anyways, saves her life and yeah by making her drink water seawater make her puke and stuff and then we get a kind of some dialogue about how you know she was probably trying to kill herself because like later on it's kind of explained away that she's trying to kill herself because she felt guilty of you know kind of letting this um this killer do what he had done to her and stuff and it's like completely ridiculous and i'm thinking to myself going she shouldn't have any guilt for what happened because she has full amnesia. She can't remember what happened or who did it to her. So why does she have any guilt and why is she trying to kill herself? It's like utterly ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense. So, well, but they, she's probably, she's probably just super depressed because she can't remember anything. Yeah. But, but the problem is they try to explain it away at the end that it was because of, you know, the guilt that she the had. guilt was deeply embedded in her mind. Right. Her psyche modes. You don't understand the art behind it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's genius. But it goes even one step further because we get all this craziness and okay. So this guy saves her at the beach, takes her to a hotel and we're supposed to be under the impression that this is the night killer. And the, one of the greatest scenes, man, he's, she's in the hotel room and he walks in and he's like fried chicken and French fries. <laughs> terrible he is so over the top of this and dude it's, it's so it's funny so, he's doing it on purpose and it's oh, yeah. just like the most is it a dub i don't think it is i don't think it is either man i think I that's thought it was no man i think that's no, what it is. I, I think it's him i think that i it kind of makes right. sense that he would be over the top because he has to be an over the top crazy person to snap her out of her right psyche that's the that's the whole thing and, right, and yeah. he, the reveal in this okay. you know sure. once we get that reveal and stuff but like i'm just thinking to myself like you know, if she had any any guilt for what had happened to her, like you think that, you know, you would probably start to remember who this person was. Right. And, you know, the other the other problem is with the narrative, too. In the beginning of the film, they actually do say something about um, how the, the reason why the, the kid is staying with the neighbors Right, is because the husband has been completely out of the picture for a long time and stuff. Because he's a drunk. He's a drunk, and he's been out of the picture for a while. So then, when you and then when you take the very last scene in the film, and all that shit's like all lovey dovey, and you're like, "What the fuck just happened here?" Like all of a sudden, he's just fully back in the picture, and you know, he kind of saved the day. So all is forgotten. They didn't have any problems. Yeah, it was all an act. He's actually a great guy. <laughs> right. But why was he acting all weird against the hotel clerk when he was like, I got molested in the little boys. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. You know, I got, I got to give it up to Claudio Fergasso for trying to explain, you know, the, the actual psychologist and, and the idea that they had to get her to snap out of her amnesia and remember who the fuck did all this stuff and stuff. And the, the whole plot and scheme that they have here, I've actually heard of this happening, like not this exact scenario, but people kind of setting up scenarios where, you know, it'll possibly kind of like snap you out of it. And, you know, you, you almost have to create the situation that you were once put into almost remember what had happened in a previous situation. And I'm like, that's kind of like that angel guts movie. I just watched. Yeah. Like I've, I've actually heard of this before. Like traumatized people need to be snapped out of it by the same situation. So I'm thinking to myself going, 
Where this goes actually isn't the worst thing in the world because it could actually be a real thing to get someone's brain to react to it properly to, you know, snap you out of it kind of thing. But it's just the way this movie progresses a narrative is just so ridiculous. And then like the reveal is just like, it's a head shaker, man. You're just like, oh my God. It, it's there's- it's ridiculous, man. There's no other adjectives to, exp- to explain the way the narrative progresses into that there's reveal. Two- fucking ridiculous ass character scenes in this movie like when he picks up the chick in the bar right um it picks up the chick in the bar and they do the whole mask thing what big teeth you have and then reaches down his pants and she's like what big schlong you have i was like i can't believe this is in this fucking movie that whole Grandma, scene that what big you know what you part have, that's so priceless and that whole scene is just how many of those freddy masks does he have right yeah dude He's like putting it on her, putting wax on her tit. It, that's it's got to be the weird fetish shit. Did Bruno Mattei shoot that? Yeah, yeah, I get that. Looks you like it. You know well, makes, any of the scenes that look like they're just in some random location <laughs> seem like they're probably Bruno Mattei. Also, you know, the aquarium scene. Right. Yeah. You know what makes little to no sense though, because this guy's wearing like a rubber mask and like clearly a rubber glove. How the fuck is he punching through people and ripping their hearts out and shit with that rubber glove? I don't glove? think it's supposed to be clearly a rubber glove. Oh, is it not? Because it because you know the mask. That's is, a Freddy glove. Does okay? I think it's supposed to be like. Let claws, me ask you something. Like doesn't the mask look like a mashup between a rubber Freddy mask and a Toxic Avenger mask? Because his eyes kind of like you know bugged yeah, out of it a little, a little bit. bit, and maybe a potato. My like two word review for this movie was <laughs> the Toxic Tickler. <laughs> Because, <laughs> you know, he's fucking raping me Toxic <laughs> Dickler, man. But I don't know. I just I just think it's fucking I've watched this movie twice now and both times I've laughed out loud so many times. Like the scene I've watched it twice too. Me too. And I laughed both times. The, the scene, like the acting by the dude is the funniest shit, but I I think my favorite thing is like the scene where she makes him uh, strip in the um, bathroom. And it reveals that he's wearing like these, these like fucking stripper tight <laughs> blue undies. And he's got like this big package. Like he's got this big, wearing a speedo. big, like it's like a speedo, right? It's like a European fucking fuck swimming suit. That when you're like, and he's got like this massive package and it, his underwear just happens to be blue. And I'm like, ah, fucking blue balls. <laughs> I wonder if just well, me and me my cousin laugh. got molested in the little boys room. Yeah, we're we're fucking fucking blue balls. You're like, what the hell was that? Right? We were on vacation in like Florida. <laughs> And like we're swimming in the pool, we're like sex sixteen, and like I know this is really shitty to do, and this is just like typical American bullshit. But there was like these couple of European family, and like the dad was like forty, and he was like swimming in a fucking speedo, <laughs> and me and my cousin kept laughing, and he'd be like talking to his kids, he'd be like, "Won't be, won't be about it, man." And we're like, <laughs> "Dude, uh, we kept That's calling it, him Spanish it's just, swimmy." It's just normal attire in Europe, right? The wife was telling me, man, oh, she's like on the beaches in, in Romania, dude. It's like every dude just has the smallest little skimpy shit on. And she says like 95% of the men there are completely overweight, right? That is, there's a site <laughs> nice. you got to see, man. There's a site you got to see. It's just crazy. But, uh, but what the is color- up with this one cop in this movie, too? That part when he's like, fuck. That, that's my favorite part in the fuck. whole movie. That's that's my favorite part in the whole movie. So, and, and by the way, that scene makes no sense. So there's a scene where this dude calls into the police station, right? And they're trying to run a trace on the call. And it doesn't make any sense because what happens is she takes off and he drops the phone. And then it cuts into the police station. And the guy's like, 
oh, sorry, we couldn't get the we couldn't get the trace because the call was too short. And I'm like, what do you mean the call was too short? The call is still going. He never hung up the fucking phone. <laughs> he dropped the phone and ran. And then the guy, the, and then the cop says to the the other cop, the black cop, and it kind of pans into him, and he just goes, "Fuck." <laughs> It no, cuts. it's a long fight. He's like, ah! yeah, it just cuts out to the next scene, and I'm just like, ah! it's so fucking funny. Oh, what about when he goes to the fucking hotel manager and he's like, "Isn't there a money reward?" He's like, "I'll beat the fucking grass." Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, that cop is the best in the movie, man. He's the best character. So funny, <laughs> dude. This movie is like a amalgamation of just fucking absurdity. I'm actually quite surprised that uh, our Christmas poll didn't bring this one out of the woodworks. Uh, it does have a little uh, Christmas action in there. Yeah, it takes place right at Christmas time. So it doesn't have any Christmas Christmas atmosphere because it's in. But it does have a Christmas present. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, the end of this movie is so stupid. It's so cliche. Oh, it's so dumb. It's so stinger. <laughs> when the kid is trying to do the voice, the voice too. The Come voice in the voice. Come and get you. <laughs> Dude, when this I this is I, best for me to watch with the crowd, I guarantee it. Yeah, oh. I could only imagine seeing this in like a fucking theater, dude. It oh. would go nuts. <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. Like I, when I pick, I want I picked this for my uh, thirty-one days of horror this year, and this was like one of the like highlights of the entire thirty day, thirty-one days, because I was just like, this is the most. That's why, I, like, I kind of wanted to do pick this one again because I was just like, this needs to be talked about. It's so ridiculous. Right. I, I hate watching like movies that like they're so bad they're good. I hate that term because I never like was a big mystery science theater fan or anything like that, you know. Right. But this movie is just so fun to watch and it is so fucking ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is nonsense. It's such a it's nonsense. Like, movie. You know how sometimes in movies like there'll be a scene like a like a dumb scene where it's like the cops like fuck like that, like we just made fun of? And it's like, but that's like all it has. Like, there's literally dozens of scenes in this movie of stupid shit like that. But it takes itself yeah. serious, which what makes it great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Grasso thought he was making like an intellectual film here. And then Bruno Mattei came in and just made it even fucking crazier. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, like the aquarium scene. Like, those scenes are just... This movie just, it just feels so out of place at times. I mean, like the way they edited in her you know, leaving the, the psych ward and stuff. And then even the cut-ins with when they're talking to the psychologist and shit like that, like how he's explaining that, you know, she, she left, <laughs> she left the hospital willingly, but she's under, she's under you surveillance. You can't do that. She's like, that, that's all personal information. But you know, what's so stupid is that, yeah, exactly. It's so stupid because at this point we're like, okay, is this dude that's got her? Is he the night killer and stuff like that? And then it cuts into the scene where he's being interviewed by the fucking paparazzi. And he's like, you know, no, we know that she's out there, but she's under surveillance by one of our guys. And I'm like, under surveillance? I'm like, who the fuck? We, we, we were never introduced to that. And I'm thinking to myself going, well, they just kind of blew who the fuck this dude is. This is guy. This guy's got to be the dude. Right? Because if he's under surveillance. I mean, I didn't really think much of it when I first saw it. I was like, oh, really? I the first time I watched it, I was like, well, why would they say that? He could be lying. He could just be Why saying. Why would they also say that people were raped and then there's nobody raped? Right, right. Yeah, well, in the first kills. But, it's, yeah, you're right. You're right. It's, I mean, that... The, I just thought it was the, very kind of wish Like, people dialogue. that have a problem with, like, the ending of High Tension is going to fucking really hate the, this one. Yeah, but High Tension's, like, so grounded and good. This movie's so I know. That, that you can't take it seriously from the beginning. Uh, it's stupid, but, hey... 
I, I think this is the funnest one out of the three. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think, I think personally, man, and, and, you know, we've seen a million types of these movies and shit like that. Like if you're going to rape and kill somebody or maybe not in that order, like before you do some shit, like, are you really just going to take off your mask? Like they, they really threw that into the narrative, right? In that scene with Melanie, like he takes up, why would he ever show him her face? I know it's I know it's a plot device for later on because she's amnesic and she was the only one that saw the face and stuff like that. But like, who actually does that? Like, I can't think like a rapist because I don't rape women or anybody. In matter of fact, but if I was to do some crazy shit, I probably would never show my face just in case by chance she lived and could finger me, right? Finger you? Well, pinpoint me for the crimes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm just saying, but like. You know, you know, part I'm talking about, like right before it kind of cuts to her in the hospital and stuff, like he lifts the mask, but we don't get to see the face. Yeah, I mean, that character is absolutely ridiculous, too. Like, he, you know, he's a creep because there's only two males in the movie. It's got to be, you know what I mean? They're both creeps. Right. And it can't be the dude that's got her at the fucking hotel because they kind of kind of blew that shit. You know, I mean, you got me thinking when the when he said that and shit. But who the fuck shows their face when you're about to do some shit? Like, hey, by the way, here I am. Here's Jenny. It's like, oh, fuck well, off. I don't even know if he was he was he even going to kill her. Like, I don't get it because he was obsessed with her. Right. Right. But he, but it didn't really matter what he was going to do. He he clearly takes off his mask and she knows who it is. And I'm like, why the fuck would anyone do that? It's stupid. But I get it. It was for the it was a plot device. But I don't know. It's a fun ass fucking movie that's literally unintentionally hilarious in a good way. I will say that. Um, keeps you thinking a little bit. It's pretty stupid. <laughs> uh, uh, I... No, I got nothing. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about. Yeah, I I just really wanted to talk about the fuck part. That movie was fun, or that part was funny. It's so damn funny. <laughs> Molested in a little boy's room. Fried chicken and French fries. Fuck. Those are all like some of the best lines in the whole movie. And when the little girl gets the mask, makes me laugh hysterically too. Like I feel this. Who, like who gave yeah, her that? Oddly enough, this movie being a Christmas movie could be like the next fucking nightmare and <laughs> nightmare. Silent Night, Deadly Night Part Two with uh, with Garbage Day. Like this movie has just as funny lines in it, man. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's like on that level of hilarity. So if you're a fan of Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2 and the ridiculousness of the dialogue in that one, check out Night Killer. It's right up your fucking alley. It's a little bit more psychological, thrilly, thrillery. Can't really say that word properly right now because my I'm fucking tired and I'm missing my kids hockey game right now. But <laughs> and I, don't, I have so no idea why right I just there. said that. I don't know. I miss my kid's hockey game no. right now. See, this is what we sacrifice. We sacrifice sleep. We sacrifice time with our friends and family so we can talk about fucking Night Killer. Yeah. The only thing I sacrifice is I'm kind of hungry right now. Yeah, I need to go work out too or something to get my head back into this. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck's going on. But uh, if you guys don't have anything else to say, we can do our ratings. I'll start. Um, I'm going to come in at an 8 out of 10. I think that's what I originally gave this one when I watched it when Severn put it out. I think that's what my rating was. I don't know. I was just highly entertained by it because I, I remember laughing hysterically the first time I watched it. And I think I laughed even harder this time because it was just <laughs> even more ridiculous to me, but it's entertaining. All three of these movies are not great movies per se. They're entertaining as fuck. Take it for what you will. 8 out of 10. 
Is it me? I never remember what order I'm in. Uh, no, yeah. it would be no, me. it's JP. Um, yeah, so uh, I'll give it a seven. Seven, I think. Boo. <laughs> that's a that's a monster dog logic right there. I don't understand what the fuck you're talking about. Uh, I could probably go to a seven and a half, but I really would like to give it a seven and a quarter. We don't give quarter ratings, so I don't really. I, I have it as a seven. I used to have this fucker at a six and a half the first time I watched it because I was just watching it by myself, just like not getting a lot of the. I'm just like, what is this? And rewatching it, I was just cracking up. It was fucking hilarious. I, I gotta give it a seven, though. I mean, I like it a lot, but it's so stupid. I think that's why I give it such a high rating because this thing manages to like take itself serious but be so fucking hilarious at the same time. I don't know, man. But you know what I like about Claudio Fagrasso, though, man, is the simple fact that this guy really, really does part put his heart and soul into these movies, and you yeah, can he tell tries. he really does try. He doesn't try to intentionally make bad movies. He does have a lot of great things in all three of these movies. He just doesn't really write great narratives. But then again, there's not really a lot of like you know these movies from the 80s and stuff that have great narratives and from italian cinema but i'm excluding obviously the giallos there's some really good ones out there it could be budget too and like bruno could be coming in and just changing shit too it could be lots of stuff yeah i feel like we shouldn't really put all the blame on bruno i think that's more of the producers that kind of okay come yeah i think so too i think it's just people trying to make them cut corners on them right right but i mean i get it coming from i mean okay put it this way if you watch night killer with Claudio Fagrasso's original cut and it didn't have the opening scene and obviously the aquarium scene is probably definitely shot by Bruno Mattai. I'm assuming those are probably the scenes that he shot for this and movie. And the schlong scene. And probably, and probably the schlong scene. Yeah, exactly. Um, if you take out those scenes, what do we have here? Is there any murders? Is there Was there murders cut from the movie that Claudio Fagrasso shot? Um, not that I know of. I think it's just all in. Uh, you see, with it all in news footage, like there's news only footage, like a, a sixty minute movie. Just dialogue, man. They just talk about it. They just really. Uh, just they talk had about to it. have taken some stuff out. They, there's no way because it would have been way shorter. No, I, no, I'm pretty sure. I think I watched. I think they did take some stuff out. I think there was more psychological shit. Yeah, yeah, on. yeah. But I, I mean, psychological stuff isn't murder scenes and stuff, which which kind of adds some flavor into this movie a little bit. Even though the opening scene oh, yeah, is like, I think. I think adding fucking uh Matei's uh shot scenes were necessary <laughs> i i think they got it right now i actually forgot to mention how fucking funny that is too the the opening where the one um i guess dance director or whatever gets killed and falls from the balcony and shit like the dancers are still trying to end their sequence by doing their poses and stuff and they're all kind of laughing and they're all kind of still doing it and shit i'm just like Someone just fell from the balcony with their guts hanging the show out. show must like, go out in moods. I'm like, what the fuck? And I love the music, dude. It's like, it's a very typical, like, sleepaway well, camp three shit. Well, they fucking play of uh, Monster Dog. So. <laughs> it's, like that, it's like that sleepaway camp shit where the dude's in the tent with that beat playing, and it's totally just a fucking Casio-type loop, right? And the music that they're dancing to in this is just like a four-bar four bar loop and shit. It's hilarious, man. It's so fucking cheesy. I love it. I absolutely love that shit, man. Cracks me up. Nobody probably has anything... <laughs> has any idea what I'm talking about, but Casio keyboards. I know a Casio key. I have a Casio. You, you just keyboard. know the sounds that come out of a Casio and that Sleepaway Camp 3 with the dude and he's playing the beats in his tent. Yeah. But was that one dude? Uh, um, uh, what was that? Chocolate Rain? Was he playing on a Casio keyboard? I can't remember. I don't know. I feel like he was. Probably. That one cat was. Remember that cat they used to have on the call? <laughs> 
Jack's milk. <laughs> right, right. But they were just so cheap back in those days. I mean, that's usually what people had. They were like a hundred bucks. Yeah, exactly. I but, had one. But yeah, the music in is super catchy. And yeah, but yeah, good on uh, Bruno for for getting that footage in there. Well, not good on Bruno. It ended their relationship. It's so sad. But uh, the scene from uh, Romance. Yeah. Take your fucking sag card and burn it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I well, I treated you like a son. So that's that's another Italian horror month. That is another up. Italian horror month. Man, we we ended it with a bang, man. Three entertaining films by the master Claudio Fragasso. So once again, check the films master out; they're pretty fun. Claudio Fragasso, master of horror, and go back and check out the other episodes. Last week, Mario Bava with the one and only Horrorsball, aka Tom. Uh, what else did we do this month? I don't even remember. My Sergio Garoni. Sergio Garoni and with we, Jeremy. Jeremy was on there. Yeah, Jeremy was on that. Yep. We've had a different lineup almost every week on this on this and month. The, and Tony Margheti. Antonio Margaretti, yeah, Margaretti. So check out those um, because I know for a fact that many of you guys haven't. <laughs> the numbers don't lie. Come on. And they probably won't be checking this one out either. Probably not. They're like, who the fuck is Claudio Fergasso? I guess we just yeah. just make the thumbnail as troll too. That'll that'll entice everybody. <laughs> no, that ain't Texas Chainsaw Massacre three. <laughs> yeah. Right. Ah, oh, good shit, man. Well, it was another fun month. It was another fun month. Um, yep. I always love doing the Italian horror months, but now we got to buckle down and get to those 2021 watches for the year end show. But we'll be back next week with, uh, well, us two will be back. Me and JP. I think Jeremy's going to be back for uh, episode 218 is going to be Universal Month. The Slaughter Vomit Doll series. <laughs> the Slaughter Vomit. Oh, my <laughs> it's, it's God. It's a Universal. Universal Horror Volume One. Yeah, it's a Screen Factory Volume One collection set from Universal Horror. So there's four movies. I can't remember what they are. I have watched them all before. Um, I just don't remember what the fuck they are. I, don't I think know what I think they are. I think the Black Cat is in one of them. I think that. One's I think in there. that's the only one I know that's. Yeah, in. and that's a great, great uh, rendition of the story. I guess or adaptation of the story. I love what they did in that one. It's a great one. Actually, one of my favorites. I'm rambling. Um, let's get the fuck out of here, man. You guys want to get out of here? I know yeah, everyone, yeah, I everyone's home. tired and, yeah. and hungry and shit. And we had a little bit of technical difficulties because the weather here is shitty. Like I, you know, the weather's shitty yeah, in BC. Canada's right burning down to the ground. It's just, it's it, Jesus, the weather's dude. bad down south. It's bad not, up here. It's it fucking raining. Scary. It's pissing rain up here, which it never rains this time in November. Just imagine what it's doing down south. So the floods are getting fucking worse. It sucks. I'm not going to get any Christmas presents this year. Fucking weather. Weather's <laughs> been crazy everywhere though lately. It's been fucking nuts. Yeah, it has been really weird, man. Global warming's a real thing. Come on, you can't deny it. This is just not normal. Tornadoes in BC? What the fuck are you talking about? Get the fuck out of here. All right, dude. Whatever it is, it's going to kill us all. It is going to kill us all, man. (laughs) It's, It's a head shaker, man. All right, guys. Deuces. Peace. Bonus. This is the thing that's starting to annoy me a little bit, like in terms of like reviews. So, um, so the Ghostbusters reviews, um, most of them are actually really positive and, and aligned with the shit that I'm thinking. But like some of them are like, um, they all said don't even make sense. Well, they're just like uh, one said like a, a like um, like. I forget. It was something like about nostalgia being bad and stuff. Yeah, and the first one like, I read was something like that too. Yeah, it said it. It was and, it was nostalgic, but it was bad and it had no heart. 
no soul in it. It was just <laughs> which it, is it, like the complete opposite of that yeah. movie. It has the most heart out of anything that came out. I didn't year. read the review. I just saw the thing. But, I was like, okay, with um, th- there was th- like okay fan service. <laughs> like why is fan? Why is this whole like fan service thing becoming like a big negative? Well, it can me, be if it's overdone. It's it's very annoying. Like I thought, okay, Halloween well, Kills was overdone with the fan service. Okay, okay, but fan service literally means you know what the fans want and you give it to them. So how did that become a negative all of a sudden? Because if you stop the movie dead in its tracks to give too many fan services, yeah, it if you're going to oversaturate the movie, but but what but what what does that mean? Like, give me an example. Well, the lead actor Bracket Bracket from Halloween was 107 right. in Halloween Kills, and he couldn't act, and they gave him some fucking dialogue, and he placed his dialogue scene that line in a place that made no sense. That's fan service. Yeah, but I don't think that's fan service. I think that that's is, just bad writing. Yeah, because they wanted to do the fan service. But the fan service is just so like, him. I, I saw the first movie. It he is fan service. The first movie. No, but nobody thought that was good. Everybody thought that was bad. Yeah, here's, not, here's, here's an example. That is fan service. That is fan service. Just, just because it's bad doesn't mean it's that, not fan that's service. That's what we want, though. Fan service is giving fans what they want. That's <laughs> what they thought you wanted as fan service. That's why it's bad. There's a just because fan service you say it's a positive doesn't mean there's good and bad. Not good and there's bad a fan level service. that you can, can be a negative. There's a level you can do to it too, JP. There's a point of putting fan service into films that you know is respectable and stuff. But he keep, if you keep cramming shit down people's throats, you just keep giving it over and over. It becomes oversaturated. A good example, I don't know, man. I yes, think yes, yes, it, yes, yes. Think... Let me finish. Let me finish. Here's a great example, and this is something I've said many times. You guys have probably heard me say this, but this is something that always bugs me. So in modern slashers, and if you're doing so, a modern day film, you know, coming out this year, they're doing a throwback. It's fine to let the audience know that this movie is from 1982. But if you keep letting people know it's from the 80s and you just keep cramming it down your throat, it gets fucking irritating. Yeah, it's right. ag- I get agitated. Wait, what is the movie? Any movie. Any movie that's a throwback slasher film. You can let the audience know that this is taking place in the 80s, well, but you don't have to work. keep letting them know. That's not true. Because They're, they keep telling you. That's because they, they keep oversaturating. I know. It, it, they don't never. They never capture the eighties, right? So it just never really well, that, works. That's because not, that's because not. Scream came along, and they thought everybody was a fucking stereotype that weren't real. Like it's, it's <laughs> there, there's a few modern slashers and slasher movies that aren't even real. There's a few that They're came on the last like, couple years, man. That in you know the last five six years that I felt like were pretty good. But then there's the ones where they just keep cramming that shit down your throat. It's like from the eighties, they keep like doing these over references and just being like, "Fuck, man!" I, you established like, okay, you established glasses and shit. That's that's you know that's the fandom shit, man. So but, what what, I, what I'm trying to say, I, like what what I'm really trying to say is like. I don't think that, like, I feel like fan service, like, the idea of, I I agree with you, I agree with you, I'm saying, I feel like the general concept right now is that if you have stuff in a movie that is, like, what, you know, references the things or things that are, it automatically, people are automatically taking it as a bad thing now, and I I don't, I can see what you're saying there. Like so, yeah. Maybe I misspoke. In, like in, synth music, people get mad at synth music now, even if it's good. Well, it's like I, I know for a fact that oh, everything that's done in that's Ghostbusters a major plus is like is subtly, know, subtly people, done like, and not like in your face and not too much. Yet people are crying because it has references to the older films, and it, it's just like it pisses me off because I'm like these are what, actually like well done. 
you know, movie had great fan service, and I we've talked about this movie to death. We all like it. We don't think it's as good as the original, of course. But the Dawn of the Dead remake had a great amount of fan service. It had the the original cast in there. They all had small roles. They got their original tagline. That was the way to do fan service. Hmm. See, to me, I, I like I don't like the word fan service because it, I feel like it has become a negative connotation. It feels forced. Um, to me, to it me, feels forced. I like I like things that are what Dawn of the like, Dead remake. No, I don't think the fan service. No, works, no, but no. you mean in general no fan? fan no, yeah, even having a word for it, it just feels like filmmakers are forcing this fan service on the fans to get that appeal. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, I just you, remember before when people would say fan service, like I'm talking a decade ago, it meant like, oh, like the people, the the people know what we want and they're giving it to us. But now it's like this. I feel like it turned into a negative word. Um, but the, like to me. Having continuity or I think like are references passive, that's to why. something that's important to the history of the film, it, that to me is not fan service. Like in that way, to me, it's just fucking I, smart. We get it. There's two different fan services. We just said that fan mm-hmm. service is not necessarily a bad thing, but people are using the term as a blanket negative. Yeah, yeah, that's what I yeah. think. I think what's happening I mean, with people. I think honestly, there. what's happening with people is that every movie seems to have a little bit of fan service, and people are just getting like. You know, even maybe 15 years ago when you had a little bit of fan service in there, it was here and there. It wasn't in every single film that you were watching and stuff like that, where I just feel like the whole thing has just gotten oversaturated. Now it's now now the fact that there's a term for it has just proven the fact that it's oversaturated and people are sick of it. It's also, like you said, a blanket. It's giving people something to bitch about about an 80s film that's a reference to the 80s films and they keep reminding you. Yeah. But when I'm talking about a sequel, I want connection. I want to feel like it's in a lived-in world that that actually that shit all happened. Yeah, but before. that's the way a sequel should be done. That's different, though. If you're making a movie and you're just throwing yeah, but in all I these feel references, like that's what people are calling fan service now, it's getting on my nerves. Oh, okay. You know? Well, if that's what you feel like, I mean, if it's a sequel to something, it should have some connections to what you're referencing and stuff. That's kind of what a sequel should be doing. But I mean, if you're just making a movie and you're throwing in fandom fan service just for the sake of you know, okay, this is where this is what we're you know we're trying to appeal to all these people and blah blah blah. It's forced me, and I think that's what a lot. Some people might be bitching about because it's becoming oversaturated in every single film. It's like nostalgia. You're only. It seems like filmmakers at a, at a certain point are only making movies to capture that nostalgic feel that you know right. these fans had from back in the day and stuff. And that's really what they're kind of building their film around, which I think people are annoyed by because there still can be original ideas, and you know you could create original ideas right now and put out movies, and they say twenty years down the road, could you imagine? Now they're fucking, you know, using fan service for these movies, but it's probably not going to happen because <laughs> they're just, we, should we won't be around now. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, that should have just been part of the show. I should have brought that up on the show. <laughs> uh.